right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Pods of Thunder. My name, or moniker, rather, is a man size. He's Jeremy, the man of means. Cha-ching! And uh, we are continuing our new format here of the non-Tom Cruise movie topic. Uh, we are moving on. We didn't even announce, really, last time what we were doing. Since we really no, yeah, we, yeah. I think we got, like, 20 minutes in, and we hadn't even said so. Because I think we were trying to keep it somewhat of a surprise. Right. Uh, we're doing Seinfeld this time. So, same <laughs> format as last show, where uh, Jeremy's going to tackle... Now, did you decide to so, do the five episodes, or...? So, what? It, it, I've been on a bit of a journey, where initially I was going to do the same thing Life as South Park. Life is a journey. I was going to do five, my top five episodes, knowing it would be difficult. Uh, as I was looking through the episode list, it both just because there's a ton of episodes that I love made it difficult, but also I didn't have time to rewatch the entire catalog, obviously. And what? It's, I know, I know. Well, I mean, you will now. Yeah. You're not going to work <laughs> two and a half weeks. Exactly. Maybe yeah. we can do a retrospective yeah. next week. Um, but also because... Sometimes the seasons have like plot lines that carry through the whole season, sure. and so it's hard to see even from a description. Like, oh, is this that one? And so then I settled on I'm gonna I'm gonna other than season one, which was five episodes, and clearly worth the they were definitely like finding their voice or footing for what the show was gonna be. Yeah. So I was gonna skip season one and do a best of each season. However, uh, as I was doing that, I season five is such a treasure trove of not just great episodes, but also great kind of not, you know, a lot of the, the areas where Seinfeld kind of joined the cultural zeitgeist, like yeah. the soup Nazi, uh, the yada, 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 um, just, just Festivus. Weird. It's yeah. all later in the, in the run when at that point, like, I mean, initially the first few years it was, it was like in th under threat of cancellation. Yeah. Then it became popular. And then toward the last two or three seasons, it was like, if not, probably the biggest show, if not, you know, one, certainly one of the biggest shows. Yeah. And that's when you get kind of like the, oh, yeah, everybody knows these episodes. Right. But season five does have some classics uh, and definitely quality-wise incredible. But I couldn't believe how many – like I have – so I'm, I'm doing my top five episodes of season five. And even in season five, there's like two or three outside of that top five that I have to mention. And yeah. then I'm just going to like sprinkle in. I've got some thoughts about other episodes uh, of other seasons. Season. Yeah. So it's real. I mean, the, it's really just an excuse to talk about Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the parameters are, are pretty vague. Well, and then, so I, I did go with what I did for South Park last night, which was the five uh, funniest scenes. Again, an impossible task really. Um, and same thing as Jeremy. I just, there's no chance I had to right. go through the entire catalog and go, yep, that's definitely uh, the top yeah. five. You know. um, so there's a, it's a spattering, if you will, of scenes throughout that I've selected that just even if I were to watch in an instant uh, that this particular scene in the episode, I would laugh out loud. Sure. Well, and one of the great things about Seinfeld is that they have it's you know super well written and well acted, and so a lot of the lines there. It's since the whole show is kind of about the banality of life and awkward social situ situations. There's a lot of times that pop up where you can, you can just draw like you know we've talked about a few times on the podcast Tuesdays with stories. They just throw out references all the time because yeah. it describes so many common scenarios that for sure yeah. 
Um, and I, I'm assuming all five of your top best moments are actually going to be not technically part of Seinfeld, but Michael Richards' stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> right. 20 years ago, we'd have had you <laughs> hanging work from up, a tree with, work a, up your ass. with a fish work up your ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are I'm glad. There are still those words. That those was when he tried to like rein it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he realized I, I was happy in the um, Communities of Cars getting coffee mm-hmm. that they did address that in that episode that Michael oh, yeah. was on. That Because uh, I felt like, because the initial part of that episode was Michael Richards kind of being what you would expect, just kind of a goofball, like, oh, let's go to Sugar Ray Leonard's house. Like, right. What? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, just being real kind of, you know, flying by the seat of his pants, right. which is kind of what Kramer was. Yeah. And so that's that aspect of it is kind of expected. But then, you know, towards the middle tail end of the, of the episode, they did address it. You know? Yeah. And I thought, like, yeah. Like, yeah, how can yeah. you not, you know? Well, you know what's funny, too? I mean, granted, I'm biased because I love Michael Richards and love Kramer. Yeah. But when it happened, I remember, like, my take has always been, yeah, he deserves some heat, but he was, it was a bad job at stand-up. It's not like he's necessarily representing his personal views, but it's funny because that was, like, what, 2008 or something? Can you yeah. imagine if he did that today? Oh, it would be I mean, ten times worse. Cancel Kramer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, did you hear the the Chappelle joke about that whole thing? What was it about Kramer specifically? About Michael, Michael Richards. Richards? Yeah, about that. The whole I don't thing. know. If so, I don't remember. Dude, it. it's it's really funny. It's like a two or three minute clip on YouTube if you look it up. <laughs> Chappelle's like. He's like Kramer, man, and then like everyone's kind of chuckling or whatever. And uh, was it? Is this from one of the specials? No, this no. is from like just a taping at like uh, the Laugh Factory in LA. Oh, okay. Like it, him just doing a set, you know. And he's like Kramer, man. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, I in that it was that moment that I realized I was twenty percent black and eighty percent comedian. Because. <laughs> <laughs> As much as when he said it, the, you know, that I got upset, I'm butchering the joke, but this is pretty much the premise of it. He's like, as much as I get upset from him saying that, there was more part of me going like, man, had a bad set. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You could tell that he's just like, I mean, for one thing, it's crowd work. It's not like yeah. he's planning this right, out, you know? Right, right. I'm going to get him with the end bomb Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a heckler, and my guess is Michael Richards... Attempts at stand-up were minimal at best at that point. Right. So anyone who's ever attempted stand-up, your first—I don't care who you—I don't care if you're Michael Richards or a no-name. Your first two years are just you bombing bad. Right. And and with a spattering of like, hey, I yeah. might have uh, want to a little people over in that. A little something to keep you going, basically. Right. Yeah. And so it it just it's such a. It's such a hard thing to do, like, just without being, like, really super uh, cliche about it, but it's just really hard to do. And like I said, I don't care if you're a name or not, you know, you're going to suck at it. And and especially when people are – it might actually be more difficult if you are a name doing stand-up for the first time. Right. Because people do know who you are, and if you suck, people don't have that expectation of, like, no, this is really hard to do. Let's, you know, cut him some slack. Right. No, you're funny. Be funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know. We're going, we're really getting off course. Well, and we're we're already talking kind of Seinfeld related. But uh, before we get into that, just a few quick hit thoughts. 
Um, I'll okay. be interested to see if you know what I'm referencing here. Sure. Because so it's a it's a commercial that I've seen a few times. Actually, tap dance for a little bit. Cause I'm gonna take a piss. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I actually I've got a couple com in the commercial realm. Uh, one, the first one I want to talk about is a it's a product called Carpe. I think it's C A R P E. So I think it's like Carpe is in Carpe Diem, which is weird first off the bat because that means seas. It's a, it's a weird. Uh, anyway, the the product the intended purpose is it is for people who have excessive sweat. Uh, there's actually a condition called hypo hypohydrosis. Um, although I question like. It's a minor inconvenience. There, I used to work with a woman who told me she had it, and I and I, I joke. I mean, I was joking around with her, but I was like, "That's not a thing." And 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 uh, and, and as I'm watching this commercial, these people complaining about their excessive sweating, I was thinking like, you can kind of judge a culture by what they complain about, and you know, you can tell America we're doing okay because we have a product for people who feel like they sweat too much. Yeah, but. Anyway, the it's presented. Let's ask people in Haiti if they feel like they right. Exactly, them. exactly. It's kind of like uh, the cultural like, food, please. Yeah, you, you know, have you heard the expression? They say like, uh, you know, fid, like Nero, one of the emperors of Rome. They yeah. said that he, uh, he Nero fiddled while Rome burned, and it was meant to be like he's so out of touch with yeah. reality, and and life is so extraordinarily good for him that. He didn't even realize his, his you know, this, the Roman Empire was falling. Yeah. And it kind of feels like uh, that, that's the realm we're at. But the, sure. the main point I want to bring up about this commercial is it's it's pointed. And, and the reason I was going to ask if you if you know what I'm talking about, um, because it, it's so I after I noticed it a few times, the next time I saw it, I realized it was on ESPN. And I, so so maybe you haven't seen this. No. Um, so anyway, the, the commercial, the crux of it is people saying like. One guy's like, oh, my forehead, my upper lip. It's people talking about all their, like, sweating problems. But there's one woman who everybody's kind of, like, all the people are basically just being like, yeah, my hands get really sweaty or, you know, and they're just kind of, like, casually explaining it. In the background is the m and uh, uh, arms are yeah, sweaty, palms yeah. are sweaty. Yeah, knees <laughs> weak. <laughs> Vomit all, all over sweater. Mom, spaghetti. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. <laughs> um... But there's one woman who, in her limited amount of screen time, it, yeah. it just feels like, okay, th like this may be true. She has hyperhidrosis or whatever, but she, she appears to be completely broken by it. And, it. and it makes me think like, yeah, okay, she has hyperhidrosis. Like if it wasn't this, it was going to be something else. Like she just gives off that vibe. So here's her line. It's, you know, again, it's people just saying like um, – uh, just being uncomfortable being yeah like oh it's it? too bad like I, yeah, yeah I just sweat a lot my yeah. upper lip this woman her she goes it's really been a tremendous struggle and she's like seemingly on the verge of tears well okay let me ask this do you believe this person has this uh, disability if you will or do you think it's an actor who's like took too many like uh you know, dramatic acting classes and is just really playing up the part. I would say, so there, I mean, who knows if the, this means anything, but they do say it's like, these are real testimonials, but right. you know, whatever. But I will say this, if I were to find out that she does not have hyperhidrosis and she's an actress, she deserves a fucking Oscar. Like, really? It, well, because she just, she gives off this, in fact, I'm going to, 
I'm sure I can find this commercial on YouTube. I'm, I'm going to play the audio clip it of it. Yeah. Because this woman, it sounds like she's moments away from putting the barrel in her mouth. <laughs> it's really been a tremendous struggle. And it's like, well, okay, if you didn't have sweaty palms, like some dude would have looked at you weird. You would have found a reason yeah. that's going to break you. And she right. is on the verge. It's just, it's just an incredible... Uh, Let me ask this. Because, okay, so the U.S. has the third largest population on the planet. And it it's far from India and China, right? Sure, sure. Both who have over a billion people. Right. But 330 or 320, That's whatever it is. crazy that we're like the third the third highest population country is is at best a third the population of, of two others. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but granted, it's still a very large populated yeah. country, right? And because of what you were saying, what you were aiming at before, and what I was getting at with, like, oh, if she lived in Haiti, would she really be complaining about being sweaty? Yeah. The answer to that is no. But the kind of bigger question is, because we're, we are, like, kind of overpopulated, if you will, in this mm -hmm. country, do you think someone like that would even make it to however old she was in, in a country like Haiti or, you know, some third world country where, like, where she's complaining about something that's so... Right. Nothing to really fucking complain about. I, but I think, like, I mean, just like, how many people are either currently or have at some point in their life dealt with anxiety or depression? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. things didn't exist amongst cavemen because no, no. No. they had to work. Like, they were worried about, I need to get some fucking calories. Yeah, you know, I mean, like calories every single day and like, protect myself. Exactly, because it's it's it wasn't even the wild west. It was the wild wild. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like. Uh, either death by saber tooth tiger, or um, you know, figure out how to run really fast. Right. Yeah, you know, how to escape. So I think this woman is an interesting. I mean, there's certainly effects of you know the fact that we're not as violent, that we're comfortable. It certainly has has effects on like the genes that are passed on, where certain things are not as important than others. Yeah. But I think it's really just the fact that like human being. I mean, to the to the extent that you can say we're supposed to live in any sort of world like yeah. this is not what we like evolution is a slow process and our culture changes so quickly so right we could just say like there's no i mean we're, we're living in a world that we're you know again kind of a problematic thing to say but <laughs> we're not meant to be living in a world like this no, it's not what, it's not what we evolved to do no, and no. i think that that's where a lot of this is actually what i would like our podcast to be. <laughs> instead of talking about tv shows and movies um but uh, no, I I, mean, I could talk about this for yeah forever. Well, okay. One other thing, also in the commercial realm, are you have you heard about the Peloton ad and the oh for bus? sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's so yeah. funny. So my experience with like just independently before it blew up is like this big story. Yeah, why did it blow up now? Because yeah. it's been around for what two years. Oh really? I didn't, it's funny because this year is when I noticed it. Like I, you could, I'm sure you're right. It probably has been around other years. Because I know for a fact. Because my my son told me that. His mom got a Peloton for Christmas last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's at least that old, if not before that. Yeah. You know. But it's funny because before the big thing uh, popped off, where everybody hated it, I hated it already. And it, but it was absolutely. It was mainly because my hatred came from. I mean, one of the things people did talk about is like, yeah, the if you want to show like how somebody has changed so much. Get somebody overweight who, like... Yeah, not someone who's, like, already a 10. Exactly. Like, oh, the really hot chick is still really hot, you know? Wow, and, what a transformation. And I also hated how they're like, I never... She's like, 
I didn't realize how much this would change me. And she didn't, like, there's no physical change. <laughs> and there's no explanation of, like, you know, I, I didn't want to do it. And it really taught me discipline. She just says, like, ah, change. But the big, the big backlash, <laughs> the thing that pisses me off is, like, I get where it's coming from. But yeah. people always talk about how it's, like, it's a sexist thing for the husband to get the wife. Like, right, it's, a, right. it's a means by which husbands control wives. And that is absolutely true. But what I hate about it is, like, you're adding that part in. Like, you're making up a conversation that never happened. Where, like, you're assuming, oh, this, this woman had never had any given any indication that she wanted to get into fitness this year. Like, right. you're just making up that the husband, like, was, like, oh, my wife's getting a little bit fat or got it. You, like, yeah. you can't just be like, well, this could be interpreted as sexist if this other thing happened. Right. But it's like, well, for all you know, she was saying, like, oh, I really want to get more into fitness and, you know, I have all this nervous energy. Like, that could just... <laughs> and so he's just meeting the request. Yeah. That right. could just as easily be the yeah. case. But it's sexist because you added something to it that wasn't right. there. Right, 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 like, right. Well, it, it, and plus, like, she, uh, at least in the, the idea of the commercial was that she was excited to receive it, which would only Absolutely. lead you to believe that she was like, you know, I, I wish I could cycle year round, but I can't because of whatever, uh, you know, part of the world they may live right. in or, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be where she really likes stationary bikes. Like we don't know the lead up to yeah. like whatever it is that, like you're referring to that the whole sexist part of it, that's all just like totally made up based on nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like you're at, you're saying like, hey, if if we take this reality of the commercial and then make up this sinister backstory, yeah, then it works in the yeah, neutral. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, yeah, you could do that with anything. With anything, and it, but it especially doesn't work in that commercial because she's already looks like she's in pretty good shape. She's probably doing Pilates classes or whatever. She's doing something exactly. Yeah, yeah. to keep up right. that figure right. that just doesn't happen with yeah. people. I mean, I, granted, I have met people who are like, I can't put on any weight. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like... It's like, yeah, well, hey, if uh, if in Harry... You know what they should have done instead of, like, leaving it kind of, like, open to what it was that she was like progressing to is actually have like some kind of graph of like her times are getting better. Or, yeah. Like just steps of like something to show like actual athletic improvement. Right. Then the discussion completely goes away. Right. 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 Or yeah, they could have thrown in a, a conversation before Christmas where she says something about yeah. it. Like, yeah, they could have done more. And if I were Peloton, the company and I had that thought like, Oh, this could be interpreted as sexist. I can understand them being like, hey, let's tack something on to explain this or let's, you know, rethink the commercial. Yeah. But it doesn't make, I don't like when the audience is looking at it and saying like, well, yeah, but if X happened, it's like, yeah. hey, in, when Harry met Sally, if Billy Crystal raped Sally before this all started, <laughs> then he would be a monster. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah just would. make that part yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. They, really they didn't explicitly state that he had never raped her. <laughs> so... It's when Harry rapes Sally. <laughs> uh, the prequel is just very dark. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. Yeah. I got. Well, one thing I just wanted to do, uh, make a recommendation for people. If you got Netflix, um, there's a movie. Actually, you might like this too. There's a movie on Netflix called Marriage Story. With uh, it's it's basically the story of a couple. It's not that Adam 
Driver. Really? Well, okay. So god awful. It was a good movie. So okay. I, it, it's worth watching. And the the writer director Noah Baumbach, I've liked a lot of his stuff. He did uh, Kicking and Screaming, not the Will Ferrell soccer movie, but like <laughs> the it was like a post college movie of people feeling kind of aimless. That was like his. He did the Squid and the Whale, which was uh, probably his, one of the more well known movies he did. Um, that's probably my favorite of his. Uh, but anyway, it, it's an interesting, the reason I say you might like it is it's, it's called Marriage Story, but it's actually the story of, of Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson getting a divorce. Yeah. And it shows how they both kind of go into it as, you know, being, a, they, they initially say like, let's not do lawyers. And it kind of shows how the system is set up in a way that two people who want to handle something amicably can be forced by the institution and the process of or the, the divorce industry to become at odds and become more antagonistic towards each other sure. than either of them actually want to. Um, so it's, it's uh, if you if you've seen anything from Noam Baumbach and like it, definitely recommend it. There, there was, was a, a documentary, documentary that I believe I saw on Netflix, and this is a number of years ago now, that was on family law mm-hmm. and how it is designed to not solve anything and yeah. only have people come back to fight about stuff even more right whether it's possessions or children or what have you sure so by design yeah it's not it's not there to fix anything well and then also just add to it there's kind of like the the two parties kind of have a sense like not the lawyers but the actual you know the parents they have a kid in the movie yeah kind of just the natural inclination to be like to think of things in terms of like winning and losing like the, the big argument is they, they raise their family in New York. Scarlett Johansson's from California. She moves the kid when she says she's divorcing them to California and files for divorce there. And so so the big fight is over, hey, we raised him in New York. Yeah. If you want to live in California, fine, but we're, but he's staying in New York yeah, yeah, and yeah. she wants him to stay in California. And so yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of... Huh, that sounds like very that. familiar. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then one other thing, I talked to you about this... Uh, uh, the so a lot of us, a lot of the a good percentage of the listening base uh, last Saturday watched Dan Soder's comedy special. Uh, another recommendation: he's, he has a podcast called The Bonfire with another funny comedian, Big J Okerson, and they have as an and if, if you're interested in seeing more of Soder, I recommend googling The Bonfire, Corey Feldman, and they've got a series of like five or six videos where they're ba- they're just ripping on various things Feldman has done. It starts with, uh, in, I, like, I vaguely recall this when it happened. Corey Feldman had appeared on the um, Good Morning America doing, like, musical numbers. And they were, and it was terrible. It went really poorly. And they were, so they're making fun of that. But then he also, you know, he's all, uh, Feldman is tied to Corey Haim. And they made, after Corey Haim had died, Corey Feldman was the executive producer on a movie called The Two Corys about them. They're like, not a documentary. It's, a, it's actors and things. Um, but portraying them growing up in the Hollywood system. And, you know, both Corey Haim and Feldman were uh, molested as child actors, had uh, both uh, experience, both had various levels of drug addiction. And, uh, and it's the, what they rip on them for. And it's so true is that uh, it's clearly produced, like Corey Feldman wrote the screenplay and executive produced it. And, they um it's very clearly from that perspective where everything comes off looking better for feldman uh and worse for Haim. and i i'm gonna find a clip that i need to play uh uh here but basically the setup is that you know again they were both molested 
and Soder and Big J Okerson are talking about how uh, Corey Feldman is portrayed as getting what they call the cool guy molestation, where he, uh, Feldman gets his dick sucked by somebody else when he's he's not even sure it happened, and, uh, but but he he wasn't sucking anybody else's dick. And Haim, there's like semi-graphic depiction of for this is a Lifetime movie by the way, and there's a yeah. semi-graphic depiction of Corey Haim getting fucked. I mean. It's clear they're they're they obviously don't show anything, but like it's clear they're saying he got fucked in the ass by this older man, and it's uh anyway so so that'll be the setup. I'm gonna stop here so we can uh, listen to uh, about thirty seconds of this. He gets his dick sucked while he goes and he goes he goes uh, maybe I got my, I don't know I was half asleep or really? I don't know what was going on. It's that such... guy took advantage of me when I was asleep. I mean I didn't suck anyone else's dick or anything. And constantly through the movie Corey Hames going so... like come on man we boof dudes right yeah. these old men coming our asses and then we get movie parts. Goes, You're not doing that too. He's like I guess I'm just a great actor and no one's asking me Sorry. to go that far. I guess everyone just wants to suck my hog. <laughs> no one wants to make me their cum camel like you, Hamster. <laughs> All right, so I did want to uh, uh, clear some things up that uh, was said on, on Saturday um, a week ago when we did go out to dinner. And that was that uh, Trainer made the remark that my car was uh, clean and didn't was uh, flabbergasted that my car would be so clean. Uh, and I made the remark that it was clean because I didn't have a wife and kids, uh, kids being plural. Well, I assume that Trainer's comment was in part because it's you. That was the other dirty. That was the other portion of it that I was like, is this a pot shot? Of me? And then, but, uh, but I do, I do retract that statement because that's not entirely true either. Uh, because I, I think I told you this story. Jack shit in the car this week. <laughs> but uh, uh, when I lived in Texas, I dated this uh, girl for a little while, about six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a PhD um, student yep. at UT. That, you yeah, know this I, yeah, I know where this is going. So this is all for the for the listener then. So I dated this girl for a while, and uh, now and again we would go out, and she would drive, and her car was a nightmare. I and like everything from like fast food bags to uh, you know those. Uh, ads for like grocery store ads you know sure. in the paper junk mail or whatever to she would always park on the street at the ut campus and have all these like parking tickets and like the cup holder sure like literally just a rolling dumpster yeah right and just trying to be a nice guy every time that i got out i would grab a handful of shit that was clearly garbage <laughs> and just throw it away just as like a subtle hint of like here's here's how you yeah. take care of this yeah, you know? yeah if you do this every time <laughs> right. stop adding to it right. and uh so one night we're out and uh we're just kind of sitting in her car after we like had like a drink or two or whatever and we're just talking for a long time and uh well i should also preface it with every time that she came over to my place she would always just be like oh my god it's so clean here it's always so clean i'm like i mean not dirty right i have some clutter you know like i but uh nothing to like be an amazement right i was never i was i was like all right you know thanks i guess and you know um so So we're sitting in her car and uh i was like you know you're always coming over to my place as long as we you know go over to yours one of these times and she was like "Eh," i came in on at the idea of it and uh, i'm sitting in her passenger seat she's sitting in her driver's seat 
And I turned to her and I'm like, what? It's not like you're a, a horror or anything. And she sunk into her seat. <laughs> and I was like, And it's okay oh, if you are. You have to like, yeah. <laughs> no. I, I did not say it's okay. Right. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lo and behold, I went over to her place. <laughs> Do you remember me telling you about it? I I don't remember the specifics, but this is the part I remember that that she was a hoarder, basically. Yeah. So we go. She's like, you know, kind of like, all right, here we go. And she opens up the door, all, like, and already like, it like can't open up all the way. <laughs> and like, just if you look, if you're standing, like, not even in her doorway, but just outside of her doorway, you could just see shit just stacked, piled. When I say shit, like, just that's, junk. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is there, like, because I, like, I've never, I haven't watched a lot of hoarders, but I think I've seen, like, bits of, and it's, yeah. like, sometimes it's, like, oh, it's stacks and stacks of old newspapers. Was yeah. there any, was it just, like, anything and everything? Anything and everything. A lot of it was, like, you know, what you're kind of picturing with, like, the whole, like, junk mail slash newspapers or whatever sure. the case may be. Um. But it was worth. It was way worse than that. Sure. So like the kitchen, right? I mean, this is where it gets bad. It's just stacks of dishes. Yeah. Um. Just you know, just I mean, never an attempt to clean anything. Right. Ever. And then right off to right off the kitchen was her uh, living room, and it was just like half done art projects and like. You know, other kind of like artsy things that are just like I don't have no idea. Like, I'm I'm I am like a a messy organized person. We're like sure, maybe a little bit cluttery, but I know where the clutter is. That right, right. For this, I would be like I have no idea. Is how it, anyone could even begin to? Was it to the like was was it just there was a lot of shit everywhere, or was it even to the point where it's almost like there's a hallway of you of where you can walk? Because no, everything else because, wasn't that bad. And, and obviously this is audio, but I'm just going to try to describe, like, show Jones, like, this is what I had to do to get around was, like... He's, he's taking high steps, kind of. Yeah, just just to move around in the living room. <laughs> it was just, like, just to go from one place to another. Right. You know? And, like, her bedroom, again, just shit everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Right. You know? And at one point, she she called me. She's like, she's like, oh, I had a, a bad morning or something. Like, oh, what happened? She's like, uh, yeah, I forgot I had microwave some uh, green beans in my microwave and I left them in there. Oh. God only knows how long they were in there for because she said she opened up the door and she said it was like just a massive amount of fruit flies. Oh. I'm like, that was not a day. Yeah, no kidding. That was like the other a week. The other thing, microwave green beans sounds disgusting. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a question. Oh, yeah, this is what it was going to be. So would you classify it as like a true hoarder where, like, would you say it's more that she was just very messy or it, maybe you never even talked about this, but like true hoarders, it's like, they realize there's a part of them that realizes this. I do not need this stuff, but they also can't get rid of it. They have like, do you think it was just that she was like lazy and like, I don't want to clean this up or she would have difficulty being like, Oh, I might, I might use that uh, canvas to paint on eventually or, you know? So 
Maybe. And the reason I say that is because I only dated her for like six weeks or something yeah. like that. I, me- I imagine that was near the end. <laughs> well, because it was that time in my life where I'm like, all right, I'm going to give someone the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to like see if I can. Because at one point I did say to her, like, do you want me to help you? Do you want me to help you like clean? Do you want right. me to help you get organized? Whatever. And she was like, yeah. It seemed like really receptive to her. So I'm like, all right, well, this isn't like a horror episode where they're like, you no, know, no, no, yeah, 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 like just freaking out or whatever. And uh, so I was like, all right. Um, but I remember at one point we were at my place, I had made dinner and we're cleaning up the kitchen because yeah. whatever, because that's what you do after yeah, you make yeah. dinner. And at one point I'm like rinsing off my dishes to put them in the dishwasher. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you have to rinse off the food off the, off the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher, otherwise they get stuck on there. Oh, you're double cleaning? Yeah. You're putting on air? She was giving me shit. I'm like, well, let's take a step back for a second. Who knows how to clean and who doesn't, you know? <laughs> Uh, reminds me of uh, Corolla would talk about how when he was a kid, he didn't even realize for the longest time that you're supposed to have two sheets, like the the, oh, the, the fitted and the, the, yeah. the top, yeah. And uh, and so he was at a friend's place growing up who had the two sheets. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. So he was like, he thought he was gonna start ribbing on this guy. Yeah. Like, oh, oh two me two sheets over <laughs> here, and everybody's <laughs> like, what? Well, yeah, of course he has yeah. two sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, so it obviously didn't last long, and God only knows what her situation... Because my, my biggest thing was, like, here you are, you're a PhD student right. at you know, a pretty well-known university. Right. You know how to problem-solve. You know how to, like, think. You know how to, like, you know, do the things necessary to be an adult. Yeah. And so the, the thing that she said of, of why um, why she wasn't able to clean or whatever the case yeah. is because she's like, I didn't grow up that way. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. I, I also, all the things that I hold near and dear to myself have nothing to do with right. how I was right. raised. Right. You know, so that goes three out of the fucking yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, that's definitely an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's why I was wondering, like, okay, PhD student, like, clearly is capable in some ways. Yeah. So is it not a capability thing? Is it like some weird emotional, like, I can't get rid of it. Don't kill the fruit oh, She was overly emotional. Yeah. yeah. Like, hardcore feminist. Sure. <laughs> um, what was her, what was the, her thing that I kind of let slide and then I was like, referred back to it. Oh, at one point she told me like, no man has ever, God, what was it? It was, it was, it wasn't this to a T, but it was along those lines. No man has ever been like oppressed for any ma- matter, something, something to that effect. I'm yeah. Like, I told you things that yeah. <laughs> it's well, been because I was a man that they decided that no, you're not going to be right. having anything to do with this. Right. And I mean. Men have been slaves. <laughs> right? Like, let's see. Yeah, there's lots of examples. So. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we get into the actual list, just uh, a, a few thoughts about Seinfeld. One, it's probably, like, if not the, definitely in the top, I mean, probably the most, like, influential pop culture entity in terms of, like, impact on my life, just in terms of, you know, growing up. It was kind of a cool thing where it was like, I started watching it when I was, I don't know, probably like early teenagers or early teenager. 
And it was almost like an, a, a window into adulthood where they're talking about sex and dating. And I and the show had the show had been on. I don't remember when I started watching like on a weekly basis when they're airing them new. Um, I mainly watched them through syndication and I would record them on VHS tapes. And for probably years, I would basically fall asleep with a tape of Seinfeld in. Um, and I, I, I think, I believe, may, I'm pretty, me and Eric Cox were huge fans of Seinfeld. I mean, everybody liked it, but I think either Cox was a fan first and kind of got me into it or we discovered it at the same time. Um, but this is all just to say this is kind of a, a labor of love for me. This is probably kind of the inverse of the South Park where I love South Park. It's a great show, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm nowhere near the fan that you were of South Park. And I think this is kind of like roles reversed. Yeah, sure. Obviously you're a Seinfeld fan. Right. Um, but this was, like I said, probably one of the more impactful, um, and just that, that, on a side note, as far as like my history with it is like. Uh, uh, you know, because it started in what ninety one or was it ninety or something yeah, like that? Yeah, ninety one. So obviously, I wasn't into it at that age. But um, you know, when we got into our high school years, yeah, of course I watched it. Uh, you know, waiting in anticipation for the last episode, like everybody else, kind of sure. thing. Um, but I don't remember it being a show where like I have to watch it when it airs. It wasn't one of those. It wasn't like I didn't really get into it until post. Yeah. Um, you know, the, when it when it finally like ended. Well, and I that's what I, I was trying to think. Like, when did I start watching? Like, oh, the new ones on like on a weekly basis. Because I think I was even like obsessed with it for a while, where yeah. I was basically just watching the syndicated ones oh, I taped. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, definitely by the last season, probably. I would guess like the last two or three seasons, I was probably watching live. Because did it end our senior year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Watch the uh, finale at Nate Mo's house. I remember. Um, one thing that's been kind of interesting too is, so I had seen Seinfeld stand up from like, you know, going to a, a home video or something and renting like a, and I always thought he was funny as a stand up, mm. And so I just kind of always gave the lion's share of credit for Seinfeld to Seinfeld. Yeah. But then like with Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David, it's like now it, it I mean, to me, it seems more like Larry David's show I mean, it's always going to be Seinfeld's show, obviously. It's his right. name. He's the main character. But in terms of, like, the artistic vision it's and, and just seeing kind of the the type of humor used in Curb, it's like, oh, this is really Larry David uh, who who is setting the vision for the show. And Seinfeld is a very funny guy who clearly shares a lot of the same, like, neuroses and finds interest in the banality of life and yeah. uh, socially awkward situations. And, but, but I... It's it, just interesting to think of like where it was like all Seinfeld, and now I probably give more credit to Larry David. Though probably almost equal uh, Seinfeld to, to Larry David. And, and then George Shapiro, his role in the whole thing was um, uh, just was it more so the business side of things? Or I don't, did yeah, he I have don't some creative part in it as well. I don't recall what was the. What was who? Who did you just George say? Shapiro? George Shapiro, and I think there was somebody else, maybe even another Larry. I don't know. There, yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of people who's like Nate. Like, I mean, it's one of those things that it's like you hear, like somebody who you could somebody might be a producer, and that means they just gave a bunch of money to <laughs> you know, or yeah. a producer is somebody like an executive producer, or somebody who's like solving all the problems, and like just thinking about you hear all these terms, and it's like. 
I, I really have no idea how a show is run. You know what I so mean? So my brother's wife was a producer on that. Remember that James Brown movie? It was out like, I don't know, oh, like yeah. 10 years ago or so. Yep. So, so she had like a producer role on, on that movie. And that was more of like, um, like on set, like stage sure. work, yep. if you will. Um, you know, and then may have had like a few on screen moments of like being a person in the background kind of thing. Sure. And uh, so that's how I understand producers yeah. as, as far as like the production, actual production side. Yep. Is like just kind of stage handy kind of right. thing, I guess. But there's also a lot, like a lot of times they'll be like, you know, some up and comer or somebody who doesn't have a name built for themselves. And then a famous person like hears the story and they basically, they use their clout in the industry to get it in front of the right people and yeah. get it made. And they're, they're just a producer. And it's like they had no – I mean, who knows? Maybe they provided notes or something. Like maybe they had some impact on the final product. But really their role was just like, hey, you have this great story. I discovered it. I'm going to make sure that it happens. And then sometimes, like I said, it's literally like they gave us a bunch of money uh, and so they're a producer. You know. Well, do you remember in um, the comedian uh, documentary that Seinfeld made mm -hmm. well, close to 20 years now? Yeah. Um, that George Shapiro – was in that, and his... Oh, that's right. He was trying to get uh, Orny Adams into the biz. Yeah. Like, more more in the biz, because he was already a comedian at this point. Yep. But more, like, uh, like actual, like... Um, Big name. Yeah, just the the headlining, headlining and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a... Because I actually watched Comedian, like, three months ago or something. Did you really? Yeah, and there's, there's a scene where Orny Adams is... He just had a meeting with... Uh, Shapiro. Shapiro, and... He's talking about the meeting and like, yeah, it was great meeting George and George Shapiro is in the, in the background watching like a, a Yankees game or yeah, yeah a Knicks like a game, or game or something. And he's like, he just cuts him off. He's like, you know, this is a little awkward. I'm gonna I'm gonna go upstairs and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so did I? Oh yeah, I did, so I set up how I'm gonna do this. Right. Where I've got like the the the. So I guess maybe I'll do I'll do. Uh, I'm just gonna do kind of chronological. So the actual top five list will be my top five my top five favorite episodes from season five, but then I just have a few other um, honorable mention things from various seasons I want to touch on. Okay. Um, so first episode of note, uh, really season well season two. Uh, there's one uh, called the jacket where. Um, Jerry buys a new jacket, very expensive, and it's got like a weird pink candy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and George and Jerry are intimidated to meet Elaine's dad, who's played by Lawrence Tierney, uh, best known as Joe from Reservoir Dogs. Um, kind of, he's supposed, he's meant to be, he's supposed to be an author, and he's kind of intimidating to Jerry and George. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a funny scene where they're just making like Elaine's late, so they're they're trying to make small talk with this guy, and he's kind. Of, I th they're kind of trying to present him as like a man's man, and yeah. George and Jerry are not. And so they both <laughs> they both run to the bathroom. George. Yeah, yeah. They both like get out of there. Jerry says he has to go to the bathroom. George says he has to make a phone call. But he actually meets Jerry in the bathroom. Jerry's applying water to his face, and he goes, "I can't go back out there." <laughs> um, and, and throughout the episode, George is singing. Uh, he he saw Les Misérables the, the week before, and he's singing "Master of the House." Something, something, waiting oh, with the hand you can right. open. Up. And Seinfeld tells him, he's like, the or he goes, you know, Schumann went mad from something like that. He kept hearing a note, and George goes, 
Artie Schumann from camp, you know, Wakanabi or whatever. And, uh, he's like, no. He's like, you never heard of Schumann, the composer? And George goes, oh, Schumann. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Um, oh, one, so one of the awkward things to show, like the awkwardness between George and the dad. There, uh, So uh, Lawrence Tierney has a bourbon or a scotch or something like that. The waiter comes by and asks Jerry and George if they want anything. Jerry gets a cranberry with uh, limes, and George gets uh, uh, tonic. He asks for tonic water with no ice, and then Lawrence Tierney says, "I'll have another scotch, lots of ice." And George goes, "Ah, you like ice?" And he's like, "What?" He's like, "You like ice? Don't you find you don't get as much?" And then, and <laughs> he just doesn't even respond to it. So I thought that was funny. Um, but one of the the another the other standout episode for me in season two was the Chinese restaurant where the entire episode this is kind of like the conceptual yeah uh, the, just the whole thing is waiting, them waiting for, the, for the table yeah yeah and so it was kind of, it's kind of a hallmark uh, bottle or dovetails nicely with the parking garage um, yeah I think they actually call in like TV industry they call those bottle episodes where it's like one scene one, one yeah, setting yeah, yeah, you know yeah and. Uh, I think uh, Breaking Bad had a famous one with uh, Walt and Jesse. There's a fly in their laboratory, and um, I guess they're usually done for financial reasons. It's like easy because you only have one setting. But this, I thought that was a. My guess is that you probably tape for only a day too. Yeah, exactly. And only maybe lighting once. Maybe a second day. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. That I think that was kind of the first. That was a big. Wasn't it? I, I rewatched that one today, and it wasn't even necessarily the funniest episode, but it was kind of like a. A, a huge moment where you realize, oh, this show's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, no Kramer in that one either, which is kind of interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just uh, Elaine, Jerry, and George. They're they're going to the Chinese restaurant, and uh, Jerry wants to watch Plan Nine from Outer Space afterward, and they all have various <laughs> obligations that they need to hurry up. And then uh, the so then going to season three, like I mentioned, the parking garage is kind of the same thing, where they're all in a mall in New Jersey. Kramer bought an air conditioner, and they all have. George is going to be taking his parents out for uh, their anniversary. Elaine bought goldfish that she's carrying around in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jerry, I don't. I, maybe he doesn't have anything, but uh, I don't think he does. Just... Oh no, he's got a pee. That's what it is. Oh, he has yeah. to pee, and Kramer keeps trying to tell him to uh, do it. In the just pee in the parking lot. Yeah. And uh, so the whole episode is them looking for Kramer's car. They can't find it. This one. It's a very funny episode. It's kind of like, again, setting that, you know, that bottle episode type uh, that Seinfeld would, you know, had a few of. But this was also personally a very important episode for me because it happened to be one of the first episodes on one of my tapes. So I've probably seen this thing like 50 times without a doubt. And I did rewatch it again today. Um, Some of the, some of the highlights. uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Kramer's trying to convince Jerry to just pee anywhere. He eventually does and gets busted by the security guard and uh, comes up with a fake... He says he has uromycetosis and that he has a card that allows him to publicly urinate, but his little brother stole it that day. (laughs) Him and his friends are probably peeing uh, peeing all around the city. And uh, I always thought that was a good Um, uh, (laughs) storyline. At one point, Jerry just points out an attractive woman and he's like, George? And, he, and George is like, why are you showing me that? And he's like, what? I'm an unemployed, balding man. Why am I? And then and I thought, that, I don't think I noticed this even when I was like watching it back in the day all the time. But Kramer just goes like a throwaway line. He goes, 
that was a guy. And, yeah. and it was not. It definitely was not. In fact, there's, there's so many of those throwaway lines oh, in yeah. this show that that's what really like gets me pulled in is subtle humor. Yeah, yeah. And and the subtle humor is so abundant. Or just like the layered where you can watch it again and be like, oh, I never noticed. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, and it, so oddly, or funnily enough, the the woman eventually appears later in the episode too, where they're trying to find somebody to drive them around the parking lot. Yeah. And Jerry's like, George, there's your opening. And so it's, it's going well. She's like, Oh, I hate it when that happens. I'd, I'd be happy to drive you around. And like, they all get in the car and the George is like stand in like shotgun, still standing up. She's by the driver. She's like, I'm Victoria. And like, like she's super interested. And then it shows the car come to like a screeching halt. And George gets out and he's like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even know L. Ron Hubbard. I didn't know you were <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> <on> Scientology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is another funny thing because, again, I'm, at the time that I watched this, I'm sure I had no idea who no, L. Ron Hubbard was. Of course not. And yeah. as I was watching today, I was like, what? Is, I remembered that he that it's going really well and he got kicked out. But I was like, what is it that caused it? Yep. And that's probably why I didn't remember. Well, you got Scientology. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's our time with uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Elaine... Is also asking people to drive them around at one point, and she's doing like the. It, I don't care about me. It's the fish. The fish are dying. <laughs> they can't live in plastic. That's not me talking. That's science. Um, That's a great. One. They'll be dead. You do know that. Uh, but so she's approaching. Uh, there's a black guy walking to his car, and she's asking him, "Can you, uh, can you give us a ride around?" And he's like, "Why does he have to be black, Joe?" He, he just was. Well, Seinfeld's often critiqued as, "Oh, it's New York without the black people." Look at the parking garage. Yep. Um, and the security guard at the. Yep. Looks like Tory Hunter. I always thought. <laughs> um, they all look the same. The, yeah, don't yeah. the one, the one, the rocking chair you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so she's asking this guy, and he's like, he goes, mm, I can't. And she's like, Well, why not? And he goes, I can't. And she's like, That's not a reason. Why not? You just don't want to. And he goes, That's right. <laughs> and she, she says something like well she goes well wouldn't you like that to help somebody and now he's sitting down in the car and he and he's, has like a total flat affect and he goes no I wouldn't and then just drives <laughs> off um, there's plenty of that type of like stuff that happens throughout the seasons on Seinfeld too where it's like that character this like no, nothing character has like just the flat attitude yeah. on the situation yep or, yeah, or just, like, dismissive of yeah. the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, George is always talking about how, because they can't find the spot, and George is saying, like, you should carry a pen, or Jerry maybe is saying, you should always bring a pen and a paper for this so you can write it down. And George goes, I can't carry a pen. I'm scared. I'm afraid it'll puncture my scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> scrotum. <laughs> he also, he, so George sees a, a woman kind of aggressively grabbing her child's hand and, like, Come on, Timothy. Yeah. And he uh, intervenes and he's like, excuse me, I don't think that's necessary. And she goes, mind your business. And he's like, ah. and he's like, I think, you know, uh, being aggressive with a, a helpless child is my business. And the kid goes, you're ugly. And he goes, <laughs> what? He goes, you're ugly. And he's like, that's your opinion. That's what you think. And the kid goes, that's what I know. He's <laughs> like, so, so funny. He's just being a total dick. The, the kids in Seinfeld are all pieces of shit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm Yeah. Larry David, childless. So oh, could be, uh, there, I might have something to do with it. One of my, George has one of my uh, most off-quoted lines in this episode. I don't even remember the setup, and I just watched it today. But he basically, he's like talking about how it's frustrating that they can't find the car. And he goes, oh, what's the difference? Well, I'll be dead eventually. <laughs> Very George thing to say. Yeah, George also uh, 
he sees a Mercedes parked across two spots, and he's like, it's not enough you got the Mercedes. He's like, I'd like to spit on that car. And Seinfeld's like, I'd like to see that. So he's like walking up, as the, and he's like cocking his head back, and you just hear beep, beep, like some, the guy's walking up, and he got and George like instantly pivots, and he's like, beautiful car. And he like leans up to the, the guy's getting in his car. George leans up, and he's like, let me ask you something. What do you, what do they get for a tune-up on one of these? And the guy just, like you're saying, dismisses, just drives yeah, yeah, off, yeah, doesn't yeah. say anything. Uh, let's see. They say, I remember hearing that, so at the very end of the episode, they obviously find the car, and the car won't start, and I'd heard that that actually is not in the script, it just happened. And they, really? That's what they say, but they also say that you can see their heads bouncing, because the actors are laughing. Yeah. But I, I, like, when I read that 20 years ago, I looked for it, didn't see it, and I looked again today, didn't see it. Huh. I think it, I think it might be a bullshit story. Um, on the internet? I know. Well, this is like pr- probably like very infancy of internet. Um, so that, that was season three. Season four, there's uh, just real quick. There's an episode about Kramer being in uh, California. Yeah, he's like has a falling out with Jerry. Yeah, and, and I don't want to be an actor. Yeah, and and yeah. he he becomes the main suspect in a murder that he did not commit. And there's just one line that I always thought was really funny. He, so eventually he's found to not be the person. And somebody, I don't I, it might be Kramer. They're like walking down the, the steps from like the courthouse. And he, and he goes, it's something like, and now I'm going free because, because uh, I can't remember. It's something like, and the murderer got away. Or, because, is it an actual song? Yeah, like one of them is, you know, like I think Kramer is singing it, or maybe Jerry. I don't remember. One of them is like, and now I'm free, but the murderer got away. And as he sings it, there's people like walking up the steps, consoling each other, like like the like, like it's the, meant to be the family of yeah, the victim yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. it was like, man, that is dark. So that was a two parter, and I remember um, in the first episode of that, at the very end. George and uh, Jerry are looking up at a TV because uh, yes. Jerry did a, a set on Leno. And so they're like right. backstage. Corbin and, Birdson. Yeah. And George went. Yeah. And uh, and they're looking up at a TV screen, the newscast. And the and the uh, anchor on the news station is Keith Morrison. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I always thought, like, was he? He must have already been like an NBC yeah, yeah. Like, reporter at that point. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That Bill Hader always did that. Uh, oh, that Keith Morrison. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're dead. Like he's yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and then what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, season four also featured the contest, which I was telling you last night how it, you know, huge, very. I think that was probably one of the first episodes that really like broke through because they were talking about masturbation on TV, and it was you know one of the great aspects of the show was that it was like kind of pushing the envelope. But even in that episode, like the way that they got around the fact that they couldn't say masturbation or, yep. you know, jerking off or whatever is the, ter- you know, King, master of your domain, queen right. of the castle. That wasn't fun. But it, uh, it was, th- I think this episode kind of suffered for me because I knew of it and kind of like knew the premise of it before I saw it. And so okay. it was like kind of so built up, um, but important to bring out. Built up like the wad you're about to blow. Mm-hmm. Um... Some other, the Junior Mint was season four. The outing where uh, the NYU reporter thinks George and Jerry are gay, and that's right. That's right. That there's nothing wrong with that. Which, in today's culture, just, you know, it's even yeah. even more so like that. Yeah. Uh, the implants with Terry Hatcher, they're real and they're spectacular. Oh yeah. And then uh, Bubble Boy, 
That was the one I was going to pick for my favorite of season four. Okay. Uh, I just love that George, he's playing Trivial Pursuit with the Bubble Boy, and there's a there's a um, printing error on the card where it says it says Moops instead of Moors as the people who invaded Spain in the seventh century. And yeah. George is a stick. George knows it's that the Bubble Boy's right, and it, but he's like, no, nope, card says Moops. Um. So. If, okay, because I'm I'm having a hard time following what your actual top five is here. So the, yeah, th- this is not this is all just like episodes in the first four seasons. Oh, I got you. Okay, we're about to get to season five. In the I'm episode. trying to help the listener out here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are just uh, musings on the show. But with that said, uh, I'm ready to start the actual top five. Yeah. <laughs> How, we're like an hour. In yeah, this. 55 minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Season five, again, just in, insane how many great episodes are in here. And again, not like the contest or even the Chinese restaurant and parking garage are kind of like well-known episodes. Yeah. Um, so my number five is The Sniffing Accountant, which is the episode from which of the shirt I'm wearing right now. Uh, the plot is that Jerry uh, wears a mohair, mohair sweater, which is a very, you, you had pointed out, it's a very like unsightly obnoxious looking sweater it almost looks like a woman's sweater yeah and it's like this weird gray like it's, it's an unattractive yeah. sweater and, uh, and he's wearing it in the first scene of the episode and it just and it's it just stands like, what out what the fuck is he wearing exactly and it's funny because because it plays such a critical role in the plot they have to address it before revealing which we'll talk about here but george says oh new sweater and jerry's like oh i dug it out of the back of the closet because they have to address that it, it's completely inconsistent with Seinfeld's wardrobe, just like an eyesore of a sweater. And I think George says, that's where uh, clothes like that belong. Yeah, yeah, belong. yeah, he does. Um, so anyway, Jerry's wearing the sweater. They run into uh, the accountant who is handling his and Kramer's money. And the guy comes into the cafe to say hi. And he keeps sniffing. And Jerry's like, oh, you have a cold? And he's like, no. Uh, do you know where the bathroom Or he's like, I'm going to run to the bathroom quick. And, and Jerry's like... All that sniffing, he says he doesn't have a cold, so he's, they're afraid that he's on coke. Right. And so uh, he t- so Kramer's actually not at the at the restaurant, and so he's telling. So was that was that the stereotype in that day that accountants were always high on coke, or was that more like Wall Street like? Yeah, I brokers? think. I mean, it was more because it was you know this is an this is season five It's probably like ninety four. I mean, the eighties yeah. are like the coke era. Yeah. Um. So I don't know that it was necessarily accountants. It's probably more Wall Street. But, yeah. Uh. But so Jerry's relaying this information to, to Kramer and he's like, oh, Kramer instantly is convinced that it's that he's on coke. And he's like, he said, uh, did, oh, Kramer's like, did he use a lot of slang? Did he use the word man? And, uh, and like, that's the indicator. That's <laughs> yeah. the giveaway. And Jerry goes, nobody did ask to use the bathroom. And Kramer like stumbles back like, <gasps> in a very Kramer fashion. Yeah. yeah. But really the, the reason that this makes my list is just the, so Kramer, Newman, uh, and Jerry. Newman apparently has his money tied up in it too, and they decide to launch a sting operation where Kramer is going to pretend to be like a drug using guy and meet up with him. So they they stake him out. They see him go into a bar, and Kramer goes in and sits up next to him. And it, it, so why does he put on the sweater? That's my question. So so Kramer had uh, Jerry was like 
uh, at one point was like, oh, this sweater's too itchy. Oh. I'm going to throw it out. And Kramer's like, oh, I'll take it. Yeah, so it's just Kramer will take anything. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so Kramer's also wearing the sweater. And, you know, I'm, it's not like this is a spoiler. The the sweater <laughs> is what the bull hair is what's causing the guy to sniff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but 26 years later. So Kramer, it's so funny. He walks into the bar and he goes, oh, I'll have a brewski, Charlie. And the bartender goes, uh, my name's Mitch. <laughs> um, oh, when Newman when Newman finds out about the possible coke, he goes, "What kind of snowblower did you get us mixed up with?" <laughs> you um, know, as as much of a pompous ass as that Jerry is, um, he did say that they gave all the best lines to all the other characters. Yeah, well, it's totally true. I mean, if you think yeah. of, like Kramer. To me, is like the. It's kind of like I was saying with South Park, how Cartman is kind of the. He's what brings you in. Yeah. But Randy was like the, what I think the funniest character. Yeah. Kramer's the same. I mean, he's very funny, hilarious. Yeah. He's kind of, but he's kind of like the the big bright neon light that brings you in. But Costanza is. Oh, he's, he's pop, probably my favorite character yeah, in anything. George should be your favorite character in Seinfeld yeah. because of just how absurd he is. Exactly. Without being the the. Um, Physical comedy that Kramer right. is. You know? Yeah, but Stanza may be my favorite character of anything. Oh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, uh, so they, they set up a sting and Kramer goes into a bar. Uh, Newman is like, th- when Kramer gets out of the car, Newman's like, <laughs> <laughs> Newman's like, oh, maybe I should go with him. And Jerry goes, no, I may need you later. And Newman's like, okay, what for? And he goes, I want, may need you to get me a soda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Kramer sits down. Uh, says Charlie, give me a beer. Name's Mitch, and uh, he starts uh, he starts talking to the accountant. But the accountant's never met Kramer, so he you know sure. he doesn't know who he is. And so Kramer's just pretending to be like a <clears throat> chatty guy, and he's like, oh, he's like you like a, or he's like he says something like you like a beer, and the guy's like no no I'm fine. And Kramer goes I suck him down like Coca Cola, and he's got a cigarette in his mouth. He slams the beer. I can never tell if the cigarette is supposed to be in the beer glass or not, but you can see it like lighting as he's swallowing. <laughs> then he puts the beer down and uh, and exhales the smoke. Uh, so that's a great scene. And then he's just so Kramer's trying to like get this guy to admit to him that he does drugs. Yeah. And so he's he says uh, he's like, yeah, he's like I've been known to drink a beer or two. This is Kramer. Yeah. Then again, I've been known to do a lot of things. And he's just kind of like laying on these these lines, trying to get this guy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. And eventually, the accountant is like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And Kramer goes, I'm hip. And he, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, excuse me? He's like, I'm hip to the scene. And the guy's like, what scene? The whole bathroom scene. And, and so he's saying he's gay or something? Well, the, he go, the, so the accountant goes, look, don't take this personally, but when I come back, I'm going to sit over there. <laughs> and, uh, and Kramer says, oh, what is his line? He says something to that, like, Whatever floats your boat, or something like that. So the guy goes into the uh, bathroom stall, and Kramer f- comes in after him. Oh, to take a photo, yeah. right? He yeah, kicks yeah. open the door, takes a photo, um, and then <laughs> the pizza delivery guy. Or, so they're back at Jerry's apartment, get a pizza. He's the one who he starts sniffing, and he's like, "What's that sweater made of?" He's like, "Mohair." Oh, mohair does it every time. Um, so that's my number five. We're a, we're a cool hour ten into this thing. Hour two. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that it's a good example of an episode that I've always, I always love that just that sequence. That's the, there's a lot going on in that episode. Yeah. 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 There's all, is that also the, 
don't know. Well, one thing I was going to note, it's funny. You can tell that Larry David, there's a few, like, just things that he obsesses over. One of them is material and clothing because he's got the mohair. There's an episode where George, actually, it'll appear on this list. George has a big Gore-Tex jacket. and they. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when George is going to be a bra salesman. Yep. Like Raspandex. Yep, yep. Uh, there's a thing about, in that same episode, the bra salesman, like, uh, feeling somebody's material on yep. their clothes. So that, Velvet. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Uh, and dental work. Like even in this in this episode, Jerry's suggesting, it's like dental tape or something he suggests to Newman. And Newman's like, no, I use floss or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, So it's, it's just funny. You can tell he's got a big hang up about uh, material and, and dental shit. Um, my number four is the marine biologist. Uh and this one, it's really, this one will be relatively quickly because the whole, I mean, the whole premise is that Jerry runs into uh, an acquaintance from college. She asks about George. George had recently told Jerry that he saw a National Geographic special on, uh, on whales, which throughout the episode he refers to as fish, and Jerry has to correct him as a mammal. And George says, I'm so fascinated by marine biologists. So when the woman, the acquaintance from college, asks Jerry what George is up to, Jerry lies and says that he's a marine biologist. and But the woman seems interested in George, so George has to carry on the lie that he's a marine biologist. Also in this episode, Kramer is trying to convince them to go to the beach to hit golf balls into the ocean. They don't want to, but Kramer goes anyway. Um, and at the end of the episode... Doesn't he go with someone, too? No, it's just Kramer. Okay. Um, Not Bob Sakamano? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, at the end of the episode, George has, George has at this point told Jerry... The next time he hangs out with this woman, Diane DeCon, just a funny name, um, he's gonna he's gonna come clean to her and say he's not a marine biologist. So it shows him him on the beach walking with her, and you get the sense he's about to kind of uh, explain that he's not a marine biologist when somebody says, "Oh, there's a beached whale dying." Is there anyone that's a marine biologist? <laughs> is anyone a marine biologist? <laughs> and so I mean, it is a funny episode, but the whole reason it's number four is just because of the line when George is recounting the story to them at the diner later. He goes, oh, yeah, that's the, right. the sea was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> like an old man trying to, re <coughs> trying to return soup at a Jewish deli. <laughs> <coughs> and of course, it turns out to be uh, a golf ball that was obstructing the blow. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, one of the best. Titleist? Yeah, exactly. One of the best endings. Titleist? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> George Shapiro. <Shira. laughs> yeah. So that was number four. Uh, or sorry, yeah, number four. Uh, just some other stuff that was funny in there. At the beginning of the episode, Jerry is showing... Oh, God. This is a little off topic. Did you notice in season three when you were watching episodes that when they would play like the little... That there was like a... Like a yeah, like easy a to beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. Just like that is annoying as fuck. Yep. I'm glad they got rid of that. Well, it's funny that they they like it took a while. I don't remember when, but they eventually they, they used to start every episode with a little interstitial of him doing stand up. Yeah, and eventually dropped that, but pretty yeah. far into the run. Uh, but at the very beginning of the marine biologist episode, Jerry's showing Elaine uh, Golden Boy his t shirt, his gold t shirt. He's like, look, Elaine, I've had this shirt for six years. I call him Golden Boy, but he's uh, look, he's fraying at the collar here. His days are almost done. And Elaine says something like, well, why don't you just rinse it in a tub with water and soap? And he goes, no, he's the Iron Man because he goes out there and he plays every game. <laughs> uh, it's also the episode where Jerry lies to Elaine and says that Warren, because Elaine is going to meet some famous Russian writer 
Um, oh, right. That somehow knew Tolstoy or something. Yeah. And uh, Jerry makes up the lie that War and Peace was originally titled War, What Is It Good For? Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. where they got they got it. Um, and the electronic organizer that keeps beeping and he throws it out and injures <laughs> the woman. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, that, that was number four, season five. Number three, uh, uh, just one of the best episodes, The Stall. So this is the episode where Elaine is using the bathroom and there's no toilet paper. And she's asking, can you spare, just give me a ply. Yeah, and, yeah. and no one won't do it. But the, the, the reason this episode makes the list is so she, she's dating Dan Cortez. Oh, that's right. Uh, and I forgot about that. Jerry refers to as a mimbo, the male mimbo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, and George is like more smitten with him than Elaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says he's, he's like, he's a cool guy. I've never really Doesn't he start like, like wearing his hat backwards yeah. and stuff? Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, there's a great scene where I think it cuts in the middle of the, of the story. I didn't rewatch this one, but uh, Cortez says, so I said, hey, dude. You better step off. And then George flips the hat. Or Cortez flips his hat backwards and then George follows suit. And uh and it's funny because the other great thing, so George is like has like a, a man crush on this guy being yeah. his friend because yeah. he's like a cool guy. And uh and it, he gets jealous of Kramer also being friends with him. So uh Dan Cortez wants to go rock climbing and George so George agrees to it and he's like, Yeah, I'll bring sandwiches. And oh, then, that's right. And then bring sandwiches. And then uh, Kramer comes in. Kramer comes in later, and Cortez is like, "Kramer, what are you doing, manana?" And Kramer goes, "What manana? I'm doing nada." And he's like, "Why don't you come uh, rock climbing with me and George?" And George goes, "Well, Tony. Oh, yeah, that's his name, Tony. Yeah, Hunky Tony. That's what uh, Seinfeld how he refers to him." Um, so George goes, Tony, uh, I don't, there won't be enough sandwiches because like, he doesn't want Kramer to be there too. Uh, and then of course they show the, the rock climbing trip. Um, and George is petrified, hugging the wall. Yeah. Kramer's kicking off the wall, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and of course George screwed something up and, uh, Cortez falls as a result. And gets hurt, like hurt badly or something. Yeah. And Elaine's first question is, how is his face? Yeah, right. Uh, but then, so George, like. Gets a bunch of magazines he knows that Tony likes, and he's trying to bring it over to him. And uh, Tony tells him to step off. He's like, "You, you get," to, or he, he threw a lane. He's like, "Tell George to step off." Yeah, yeah. And, uh, one of the best episodes. <laughs> Just crushed. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. And then there's something too. I'm trying to remember. Like I said, I didn't rewatch this one, but the woman. Oh yes, this is what. So the woman that Elaine was asking for the toilet paper from has a very distinct voice. It's Jerry's girlfriend, and. Uh, Elaine, both of them separately recount the story to Jerry. So Jerry knows that the woman who wouldn't give it to Elaine was his girlfriend. Right. And then, uh, of course, you know, as everything kind of comes together in the Seinfeld universe, Kramer was like, not prank calling, but just he was calling a sex operator. And that is also Jerry. He could recognize the voice. <laughs> and Elaine says in the episode, I'll, she had this flinty voice. I'll never forget it. And so Jerry spends the episode trying to make sure they never come in contact with each other. But... Of course, they eventually do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny. It reminds me of the episode where um, they're all listening to the recording of Elaine, like, doing, like, the sexy voice. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah. And then, like, George is so obsessive over Elaine. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was number three. Number two, the Briss. Um, forget what happens in it. Was this the one where Elaine is the uh, shit? 
Shitska or Shitska? Or Shiksa. No, no, Shiksa, no, that's a different yeah. one. Okay. So this one is uh, Jerry and Elaine. They're on a softball team with this couple that they're, they make clear that they're like, they're acquaintances. They're not great friends, but they have a kid and they ask Jerry and Elaine to be the godfather and godmother. And so Jerry does his godfather impression, like, now go get some family, Elaine. Uh, but it requires that Jerry needs to hold the baby at the circumcision, yeah. and Elaine has to find a moil, which is the person who does the circumcision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, the moil is presented as a super high-strung guy, and it's funny because he's gonna be chop, he's gonna be circumcising the baby, and uh, he so he comes in, he's late, he comes in, and he's just like I said, presented as very high-strung. He, some, there's there's some loud crashing at some point. He's like, oh, what is that? And uh, and then Elaine sets her drink down on a table, and he's like, do you see where you put that? Right on the edge. It's like So it's half hanging off the glass. He's like, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to breathe too hard. It's going to fall off. It's going to break. You're going to get shards stuck into the fibers of the carpet. You can't vacuum it up, even if you took like a microphone or a magnifying glass and picked them up. You can't get them all, all these little tiny glass shards. So two years later, you're walking across barefoot, you're dead. <laughs> and so he's just presented as a super high-strung guy. Yeah. Uh, You're dead. George, George sees a woman there and tells her at one point, he's like, you know, if you do get... Or she, he's like, first free. And she goes, yeah, you? And he goes, I've been to a few. And he's like, if when they perform the circumcision, if you get a little woozy, just, you know, stick close to me. And the woman goes, I'm a cardiologist. I think I can handle it. And then, uh, so when they actually do the circumcision, circumcision George faints. And... Uh, and Jerry is a, it shows as the moil's going to make the cut, Jerry's kind of like twitching and it just cuts and Jerry's being rushed to the hospital because he says the moil circumcised his finger and uh, they get into an argument about where uh, the moil saying Jerry flinched and he's like, I didn't flinch. And the moil like brings his hand at Seinfeld and he flinched. And he goes, see, you did it again. <laughs> but so that, that's a good, that's a good plot line. Yeah. But the reason this makes number two is the other plot in this episode is uh, that Kramer is convinced there's Pigman in the hospital. Do you remember this? No. Okay, so he's he gets the wrong he's he misremembers the the room number they're in at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, where the, you know they just delivered the baby and he walks into the wrong room and you just hear like a like a, a pig noise and yeah. Kramer's like just disgusted. He so he, made, he finally makes his way to the right room and he's like. There's a, I just saw a half man, half pig, and everybody's instantly dismissive of him. Right, right. And uh, then you know the next scene at Jerry's apartment. Or actually, hold on. There's an, another funny plot in this is at the beginning of the episode when they're all in the the hospital room. George is just looking out the window at his parking spot, like observing it, and he's like, "Look at that! It's equidistant from the car to the left of it and right of it." And he said, "He goes, do you think?" The, so this is a newborn baby. He's like. You think the baby might want to see the spot? Like it'll be a nice welcoming sign about what's possible in the world, and uh, and so oh, and perfect George. Yeah, yeah, he just loves his parking spot. And so as Kramer's walking to the room after he sees the pig man, uh, there's somebody in like a hospital gown who asks him where the elevator is, and he points him towards it, and a bunch of orderlies run after the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Kramer's in the room, and George goes, why is everybody milling about my car? And the guy who Kramer pointed the elevator to jumps off the building, landing on George's car in the perfect spot. Um, but that, So then there's a scene in, in uh, Jerry's apartment where Kramer uh, comes in, and he's like, you doubted me about Pigman. Look at this. And there's a, he found an article in a newspaper saying that the hospital 
had recently been given a grant for genetic testing, and he's taking it as, as solid proof. Right. Um, and so eventually, when they're back in the hospital after Seinfeld got his finger cut, Kramer's like, I'm going to, Kramer, what are you doing here? And he's like, I, I got to search for Pigman. And he, he corners a doctor, and he's like, because Kramer goes back to the room where Pigman was, and nobody's there. Right. So he's like, he sees the doctor outside, and he's like, hey, what do you know about it? And he like puts, puts his, points his nose up to look yeah. like a pig. And the guy's like, excuse me? And he's like, you know, yabba-dabba-dee, that's all, folks. Uh, yeah. uh, he's like, there was a half man, half pig in this room. Where did he go? And then he's walking the hallway with Jerry, and he says, Jerry, somewhere in this hospital, the anguished oink of pig man cries out. And he eventually does... Does rescue him. It's just a quick scene of Kramer running. You just see him run across the hallway, just carrying another human being. And uh, and then in kind of like the epilogue scene, he goes, "Well, it turns out I wasn't a pig man. It's just a it was just a pudgy little mental patient or something like that." <laughs> uh, it's also a good example of both in Curb and Seinfeld. There are sometimes situations where like the main characters are clearly in the right, yeah. but they're presented as though it's presented as though they're doing something wrong. And this is one of the best examples where George, again, the guy jumped off the building to his death and landed on his car. Yeah. And so George go meets with the hospital administrator and uh, says, well, there is another still living victim of this because he wants them to pay for the car. Right, right. And she's like, sir, are you trying to milk the death of this, unfor- this, you know, this unfortunate death of this man to your benefit? And I mean, in real life, they absolutely would be responsible oh, for that. For sure. But yeah. but the show is presenting it as, jo- as though George is like super callous for even yeah. asking for it. Just a fat little mental patient. Um, they also famous. So at the end, Kramer throughout the episode did not want the baby to be circumcised, and uh, they so at the end of the episode, the the couple tells Jerry and Elaine that they're out, and Kramer's now the Godfather. And the final scene, which I'm sure I did not get this reference at the time. But it's a, it's you hear the Godfather music playing, yeah. and uh, it shows Jerry and Elaine looking into Kramer's apartment, and they shut the door, and it's like the last scene in The Godfather where like the the door closing is like the final scene of of Diane Keaton looking at Michael and kind of realizing what he's become, yeah. and he, he's he's saying like, no, we're going to talk business. You can't watch this, and the door closes, and the final shot of The Godfather is. Like a black screen kind of going across, showing yeah, yeah, yeah. signifying the door closed, and they, they kind of copied that. So that was number two for uh, again drum roll, all episode five or season five, and the number one episode of season five is the dinner party, um, and this this is one where uh, not a bottle episode, but the whole thing is the foursome are going to a dinner party. And they have to pick up wine and a, a dessert, which George is opposed to. And he, he's just like, so they're going to be upset if we just show up. Uh, and, uh, oh, and he says, he's like, I don't even drink wine. He's like, you should bring Pepsi. <laughs> and, uh, and then when, when they decide to get a cake, he's like, he says they should bring ring dings and Pepsi. And he goes, I tell you what, he's like, if I brought, if I showed up with ring dings and Pepsi, people would be coming up to me going, between me and you, I'm really excited about the Pepsi and the ring. <laughs> uh, and then, so, <clears throat> as I was talking about the material, George in this has a big, pu- massive, puffy winter coat. Um, and they're making fun of him for it. Uh, and 
So Kramer and George need they go stop at the liquor store to get the wine, while Jerry and Elaine go to the bakery to get the cake. And they what they get is they're gonna they're, they have their hearts set on chocolate babka, which I don't even know what the hell that is. But I've seen like Trader Joe's has something I've seen it called a chocolate babka. I, I should pick one up just because I ne- I've never heard of it other than the Trader Joe's and this episode of Seinfeld. And it's uh, gotta be a Jewish thing, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, and so. Jerry and Elaine, they forget to take a number at first. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of people who come in after them, but they have numbers. And they're trying to barter, like, hey, we were here before you. Can we get your number? And, of course, nobody's going to do it. And right. so the people they're talking to, it turn, they realize eventually they know each other and they're all going to the same party. And um, and then they get they get... They order a chocolate vodka, these other people who yeah. got there after them. And the woman says, oh, great. It's our last one. Of course. And uh, they're, so they're trying to fit. Jerry and Elaine are trying to figure out what else they want to get. And they learn that there's a cinnamon vodka. And they're like, oh. and Seinfeld goes, another vodka? <laughs> Which I remember Cox and I just loving that line. That seems to be a common theme with Seinfeld, too, is like the bakery. Because there's yeah. that. There's the marble rye. There's the uh, black and white cookie. That's in this episode too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's um, yeah. I've got thoughts on that as well. Um, so anyway, they go. Oh well, we got to get the cinnamon. And uh, Elaine's like, Yeah, but we'll be showing up with the lesser babka. And Jerry takes offense. He goes, The lesser babka. He's like, Whenever anybody asks, this it says this is delicious. What's in it? The answer always invariably comes back, cinnamon. The lesser babka. I think not. <laughs> It's um, a very Jerry line. <laughs> yeah. He, and then so Seinfeld also, when they get the cinnamon babka, he asks for a black and white cookie for himself. And he says, he's like, it's, I love the black and white cookie. It's a perfect mixture of uh, the, the vanilla and the chocolate uh, mixing perfectly together. And he goes, and yet, racial harmony eludes us. <laughs> uh, he also realizes that episode. Well, it's funny too. I've, so I've only been to New York once. And I didn't realize, like, the black and white cookie is, like, a New York bakery staple. I can't Was it when I lived in Maryland where I would go to, like, the grocery store or some kind of bakery or something that they always had a black and white cookie? Yeah. So it might be, like, an East Coast thing. Yeah, when I, yeah, that could be, too. When I was in New York, though, I did get a black and white cookie specifically because of that. He, uh, he, so Seinfeld. Did you go to Tom's restaurant? I did not. Didn't do any Seinfeld-related thing. It's a letterman. Saw taping on that. Um. He's, so Seinfeld says, uh, carrying on the theme of racial equality with the cookie, he's like, "You just, we just need to look to the cookie, Elaine. Look to the cookie. And as he says it, he looks across. There's a black guy with a black and white cookie, and he, he kind of like lifts cheers. it, yeah. and the guy lifts it as well. Like, look to the cookie. Uh, also has Seinfeld, uh, after eating the black and white cookie, has an upset stomach. And <laughs> they mention that he has a 14-year vomit streak where he hasn't vomited in 14 years. <laughs> And he breaks that because of it. Because um, of the black and white cookie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so then back to... Um, oh, sorry. One other thing at the bakery. When they're trying to figure out what else to get when the chocolate pop is out, Elaine's like, what about a carrot cake? And Jerry's like, what did carrot ever do to deserve a cake? And she goes, uh, black forest cake? I think that's what it's called. And Jerry goes... Uh, I don't know. Black Forest, dark, scary. <laughs> That's a reason he doesn't want to get a Black Forest cookie. Um, so uh, then back to Kramer and George. They're going to get wine. George is again, still pissed about how he doesn't even drink wine and he has to pay for it. Uh, they pick Kramer picks out a bottle. Says George, 
I'm going to have to pay it back. I don't keep my wallet on me. And he's like, you don't keep a wallet. And he says, Kramer says his chiropractor doesn't want him to carry his wallet. He's like, he throws my hips off kilter. <laughs> uh, and so then the liquor store won't, George only has a hundred liquor store won't change it. So Kramer goes, give me that. I can get changed. And he walks outside. He goes, anybody have change for a hundred? <laughs> George is like, Kramer, what are you doing? You trying to get us killed? So then it's he goes, very Kramer thing to yeah. Do, yeah. So he ends up going to a bodega. George is trying to buy gum. And the guy's like, I'm not going to break a hundred for gum. And Kramer keeps like adding things on. He's like, Clark Bar, uh, newspaper. And eventually yeah. he gets a penthouse forum. And George yeah, is like, I'm yeah. not getting a penthouse forum. Kramer goes, come on. It'll be a great conversation topic at the dinner party. <laughs> and George tells him it's not real. And he's like, sure it is. And he, he, as, to pro- as proof, he goes, it's cra-, he's reading from one of the stories. As crazy as this story sounds, I assure you every word is true. That's his proof that it's real. <laughs> um, this is also – so – they end up getting the wine. They're, they're, when they go get back to Kramer's car, they've been uh, somebody double parked in front of them. And on, when they were initially looking for a parking space, George suggested they double park. And Kramer's like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And so now George, who had suggested they double park, is you know out of his mind that somebody would dare double park in front of them. And they end up having to wait like 20 minutes. They, uh, uh, they have to go back into the liquor store because Kramer doesn't have heat in his car. Yeah. And uh, George, with his puffy jacket, knocks over a bunch of wine and has to give it to the owner, the jacket to the owner, yeah, yeah, to yeah. pay for the wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, the guy comes back and it, he's dressed in like he looks like Saddam Hussein and he's dressed in full military garb. And he goes, "Oh, you, I wouldn't be caught out here without a without a jacket. You'll catch a cold." <laughs> and then they're convinced it's Saddam Hussein. Um, also, while in the liquor store, George is looking at a bottle of wild turkey, and he says to Kramer, he goes, do you think chickens have personalities? He's like, like, if you had five chickens, do you think you could tell them apart, or are they all just kind of clucking around? And he's like, because if, if they have personalities, I don't, really don't think we should be eating them. <laughs> so that's it. That's number one. From Again, all those are from season five, all classic episodes. Yeah. Um, also in season five, I'm not going to talk through these, but... The uh, the non-fat yogurt. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say one thing. The one of my favorite Newman lines is uh, uh, he's sitting around. It's almost treating it like a bar. Like he's yeah, with his yeah. post his his postal worker friends, and he's like, it just again cuts into the middle of a story. <clears throat> and Newman goes, so I said, no way, back in the line, lady. And then he calls out to the frozen yogurt guy, can I get another another round of yogurt for me and my buddies? <laughs> <laughs> and they all just start cracking yeah. up. Um, so that's also season five. Um, the fire where George... Is oh, yeah, pushes people out of the way. Yeah, an elderly yeah. woman out of the way. Yeah. Uh, um, the Hamptons. That, this is a really tough is one it, to leave off. Is that The Hamptons, is that the one with the ugly baby or no? Yes. Ugly okay. baby, shrinkage. Yep. Um, uh, Someone goes topless. Yeah, George. So George has a great line in this one, too. because So as they're driving to the Hamptons, he's with his new girlfriend... And it's just, uh, it's just George thinking. Um, it's just like his internal monologue. There's a voiceover where George goes, "It's, it's." He goes, "It's, it's strange. If I were to reach, it's, it's." So George is driving, and his girlfriend is in shock, and he's like, "If I were to reach over now and grab her breast, she'd be appalled, and I'd never talk to her again. But at this time tomorrow, I could grab it whenever I want." But yeah, so then George goes to get pie or get tomatoes or something, and uh, his girlfriend. Bait sunbaits topless, so they all see her breasts, and uh, and then because George was in the pool, 
He gets shrinkage. Elaine tells her the girlfriend, who then wants to leave, and so George is never going to be able to grab her breast or see them, and all his friends were able to. Um, but the, yeah, Hamptons is it's crazy that that that's it, it's an all time episode, and it doesn't even make my top five of the season. You know what the the, the shrinkage scene it like because that episode had to have been something that we watched as teenagers. Yeah, that something that would just like terrify you as a as like a 13 yeah. 14 year old that like fuck like that could easily be a, a situation that you find yourself in yeah like yeah. middle school or high school where it's just like some girl saw your small dick after being out of the pool yeah yeah and then you're just your reputation's just yeah destroyed. well that's the thing that's what you would worry about is telling everyone everyone's gonna know i have a small dick and it's so funny because the way it plays out in the episode is elaine tells the girlfriend yeah, and she, exactly she suddenly wants to leave and go home immediately yeah uh, another one that crazy. This is not did not make the top five. The opposite. Which one was that? So it's where George George oh. determines that every there's a actually there's a great line where Seinfeld uh, uh, like is is uh, explaining the concept to George. He goes, if if every or actually I think I remember, yeah he goes if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. <laughs> and so George uh, he or he typically gets uh, tuna on or tuna on toast. And yeah. he gets uh, chicken salad on rye. Yeah. And Jerry goes, uh, well, chickens, chicken salad is not the opposite of tuna. Salmon is. Because salmon swim against the stream. And tuna, <laughs> tuna swim with it. Uh, um, there's a great scene in there, too, where... Uh, so he, Is that the one where he goes, life? No, but it's, it's... No, it's not that episode. But it's a very similar moment. Okay. So, right after George orders... Elaine sees a beautiful woman like looking at George. He goes, George, this woman just looked at you. And uh, Jerry's like, you should go up and talk to her. And he's like, yeah, right. What? And he's like, well, the opposite. And he's like, yeah, that's true. So George goes up and he's like, I couldn't help but notice you looking at me. And she goes, well, you ordered the exact same thing as me. Yeah. And he, he says, I'm George. I'm unemployed. And I live with my parents. And oh, she, yeah, she yeah, like, yeah. turns around like, I'm Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Hi. <laughs> I think she does that. He uh, yeah. also, I realize this isn't one of the episodes, but... Uh, that I is in on the list, but he he goes on a date with the woman, and they're at a theater where like teenagers are like kicking the back of their seats. Yeah. And again, because of the opposite, he confronts them, and he goes, "Shut your traps!" And if I have to tell you again, I'll show you what it's like. And if you think I'm kidding, just try me. Just try me, <laughs> because I would love it. And then every everybody what in the a great line. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you what it's like. And if you think I'm kidding, just try me. Just try me. <laughs> and everybody in the theater applauds after yeah, he does it. Right. Uh, oh, th also, this is funny. I didn't realize it. We talked about this last night, but this is also the episode where Jerry is even Steven. Oh, it is. So, okay. yeah, so he's playing poker with his friends. They're going, like, oh, I won 50. I lost 15. I lost 75. Yeah, I, broke I broke even. And so he tells Elaine, she's like, you always break even. And in the same episode, he he lost a job, a comedy gig, but somebody called immediately after to offer him a new one. Yeah. Uh, and then Elaine's like, "Give me twenty dollars," and she throws it out the window. And he, she's like, "See if it comes back." And he goes, "You know, you could have thrown a pencil out the window." <laughs> and then George comes up to the apartment. He goes, "I just want twenty dollars." <laughs> so so he uh, so so Jerry puts on his jacket later, and they're leaving, and he finds a twenty dollar bill yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And then the whole thing is, too, so George, then he also gets a job with the Yankees doing the opposite. Yeah. And to further the Jerry is even Steven, when he's explaining to them, he's like, 
It's like, George, he was down, now he's up. And Elaine has become like a loser. Oh, that's right. She, yeah. She like yeah. gets, I think she maybe like gets Pendleton. Or no, it's also the Juji Fruits one where her boyfriend is in an accident. And yeah. She gets Juji Fruits afterward. Um, yeah, yeah. So they break up. Yeah. And she's like totally dressed down in the diner. Um, so yeah, that's season five. Um, I do have a bunch of other thoughts on other episodes, but we are very, we're an hour and a half into it. So I haven't started. You haven't started. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, have you crack wise for a bit? Now I have to pee. So, I mean, this was a very difficult task as it was for Jones. Like this is an impossible thing to try to hunker down on. It is, and so this is, this list is compiled of, of things that I've, wasn't aware of immediately because I rewatched some like older episodes um, and then just ones that I thought of over the course of time that I watched that were just um, just so good and so memorable uh, that I, I had to mention them. Um, you know, so I, I did start off watching. It was really difficult for me to watch anything before season three. I really had a difficult time watching any of season one or two just over the course of the years anyway. And I didn't really start watching Seinfeld, obviously, until later on into the uh, several seasons into it on any kind of regular basis. <clears throat> so I do have a couple that um, my first... So of my top five, obviously, I'll start with number five here first. But my five, four, and three are all come from season three. Uh, two come from the same episode. So uh, my first one for, uh, for my top five is uh, from season three, episode two. Uh, George puts his girlfriend into a mental hospital. And so they go to visit her. Uh, the, the big to do, the reason that he has to make amends with her is that the girlfriend was going to do uh, Jerry's being audited for a bunch of stuff in the past. So he has to get receipts from like 86 and 87 uh, for like gigs that he did apparently. And this woman is going to help him with being audited. So George breaks up with her. And as a result, Jerry's like, where are my papers? And George just looks like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> so they have to go to the mental hospital where she has uh, been like uh, uh, admitted into so they go and they sit down they're kind of like in this common area where there's other patients and then obviously uh, hospital staff and whatnot and uh, they're they're starting to get into it a little bit because obviously the girl is upset with George for a very good reason for breaking up with her and it starts to get heated and George starts yelling at her and they start to stand up and then the staff is kind of looking and like making their way over and so George and Jerry both stand up and they're like, oh, everything's fine here. And then Jerry has this line that I don't remember ever seeing. And he's just in a very Jerry Seinfeld way. He goes, just chatty, very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking died laughing. I was like, I don't ever remember seeing this. And, and go back and watch it. It's season three, episode two. And uh, it's about halfway through where, uh, where they're in the mental hospital visiting the ex-girlfriend. But it's, it's a combination of, of a very Seinfeld thing of saying and his that Jerry Seinfeld facial expression. Yeah. Just Jerry. Very <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number five. It's just, that just made me fucking crack up. 
And it shows how just a minor, like, inconsequential line yeah. can just become comedy gold. Oh, and show. that's 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 my wheelhouse, is, is that type of humor. Uh, so season, uh, continuing on number four, season three, episode 11, there's two. So this is my four and three. My number four... Uh, so the, forget, I should have wrote down which episode this was. I didn't write down the name of the episode. Uh, season three, episode 11. Uh, and it's where, uh, oh, it's the episode where, uh, George has taken over a parking all the cars for the, uh, residents in, uh, Jerry's building because the guy who normally does it is going, is going to be away out of town for a week. So George, being unemployed and living with his parents, has nothing better to do. So he's going to take over the moving of the cars throughout the day so people don't get parking tickets. And it's just mayhem. George has, like, a ring of keys, and he's beside himself, and he's just um, just paranoid and panicked and all that, just running around in, in Jerry's apartment. Turns out uh, Jerry has to rent a car because something happened to his other one, I think. Maybe Kramer wrecked it or something. Is it, this isn't the one where one car is trying to pull into a parking spot? No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that so, was much later. Yeah, so that this, so his his rental car gets wrecked by by uh, by George. Uh, but leading up to get, so he has to get the rental car that George ends up wrecking, and so they go they go to the car rental place. I don't remember if you remember the scene at all. So it's George and Elaine. And he walked up and he's like, I have a reservation. Yeah. I have a reservation for, uh, for, uh, a, for a mid, you know, mid-sized sedan or whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. We actually don't have a mid-sized sedan. And he's like, well, I made the reservation. That's <laughs> why I made the reservation. And she's like, well, I know, but... The, but uh, I think she says, like, we have the reservation. Yeah, yeah, we have the reservation. She's like, uh, and she's like, I, he, goes, she, he goes, I don't think you know what a reservation is. She goes, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so the the line that just gets me every time is like you you can take a reservation. Anyone can just take a reservation. Yeah, it, He's just waving his hands just, like yeah around. <laughs> I fucking die. That is every time. One. I see that yeah. scene. Like his just anyone can just flailing like, <laughs> yeah, like he's taking tickets. Anyone can take, but the keeping of the reservation. <laughs> right. Is keeping, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so this is also the pretzels are making me thirsty line that Kramer has to do for the Woody Allen movie. Yes. And so when he tells everyone that he's got a line in a Woody Allen movie, uh, I think it was Elaine who was asked, like, "So what's the line?" And he goes, "Oh, it's uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty." And then so they all are kind of take doing their take of how they would say <laughs> it, and like Elaine is like, "These pretzels are making me thirsty," and like. Jerry's just like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. And George is so exasperated from all of the mayhem with the parking in the car. So he goes, he's like, he's leaned over like Jerry's uh, countertop in his kitchen. And he's just like, like lots of like deep, or, uh, deep breaths. Short, short, yeah, yeah. short, uh, quick breaths. He's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. He's <laughs> <laughs> Great! I love that fucking line. You know the 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 funny thing too is just that line in general. Like so cl- clearly, Kramer is like playing an extra, basically who has yeah. a line. Yeah, and it's just funny to imagine a scenario where an actor has one line and it's these pretzels are making. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and George, it, it's just it's just perfect George 
over the top. Yeah, you yeah, know, kind of like uh, beside himself. So those that was so number four was anyone can take a reservation. Number three is the presses are making me thirsty. George going over the top. All in, all in the same episode there. So that leads me quickly here to number two. This is such a me. This hits this hits home to me like so much. Sure. Like this is why um, I find this show so funny because it's it's something that directly affects me. So it's uh, season seven, episode one. I believe it's called the engagement, and this is when George gets engaged to uh, Susan. To Susan. So. Jerry's letting Kramer know about it, right? Yeah. And and uh, J- Jerry has this like epiphany of sorts. Oh, I know. Like, I know exactly where you're going. Where with where uh, where he thinks like you know maybe he should hunker down because I think I think he's dating um, Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo, and it's like it's basically him. Yeah. Yeah. They're just two of the same people. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and they do get engaged. <laughs> and uh, he and he says to Kramer, he's like. I think I want to get married. He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, why? He's like, I'll tell you why. He goes, they're man-made prisons. <laughs> you come home, they're there. You go to bed, they're there. <laughs> but you have, you have dinner? Oh, and forget about having dinner from the TV because it's dinner time. <laughs> and at dinner time, you talk about your day. How did you do? Did you have a good day or a bad day? Well, I don't know. How was your day? And, and like, Jerry's just like, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Is is there some line in there where he's like, you he, he's saying you can't do something because that's this day? Or, no, it's the dinner thing. It's like, oh, oh forget oh, about oh, having oh, dinner yeah. from the TV because it's dinner time. Yeah, yeah. And then dinner, you talk about your day. <laughs> and and there's uh, I think something, maybe when we were when I was still on Facebook, I think it was, I think it was that scene that someone had animated and like put on YouTube. Sure. And I remember that that animation being like fucking perfect because it 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 kind of made drawings of the, all those interactions sure. and stuff. But uh, yeah, that that I mean, way too close to home. Way too close <laughs> to home for me on that one. Do you know what you do at dinner time? You talk about your day. <laughs> do you have a good day? Or They're prisons, man-made prisons. <laughs> Such a great line. Uh, so my number one. Is I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where uh, Kramer adopts a highway. Oh, sure. <laughs> Season eight, episode sixteen. <clears throat> the climactic end to this whole charade, because this is so. This is season eight. This is when this is when Seinfeld got really kind of out there. Yeah. You know where it was less of the. Uh, like parking ramp yeah. episodes and and waiting for your table episodes. There's and, a lot more willing suspension of disbelief where it's just yeah, absurdist. It's all yeah. absurdity and it's a lot of Kramer. It's a lot of uh, Putty. It's a lot of uh, Newman. It's a lot of like these really out there characters that like if they were in real life they'd be yeah in mental institutions. Well, and you know one of the things I was gonna bring up too. One of the things I loved about Seinfeld is. It was one of the first shows where it kind of like did the world building where there are the Newmans and the Putties who are not, they're not in every episode, yeah. but then you'll sprinkle them throughout, you yeah, know, Jack and Shiles, sure. some yeah. of these people come and go and it, you, it, it ends up having a sense of like a developed world and it's like, 
there's shows like Community or Parks and Recreation that kind of do the same thing, like Little sure. Sebastian, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And that, there's something very, like, that just resonates where it, it makes it feel more real in a sense. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. I always like that. <clears throat> so, the climactic end, I, for, I forget the build-up to it, but essentially, uh, Newman's in his in his uh, mail truck. truck. yeah. And for some reason, Kramer has gasoline. I remember why. Okay. Okay. So Kramer adopts the highway and he wants to make it a luxury highway. So he, (laughs) so he uses like turpentine or something to get rid of the uh, lane lines to make two really wide lines. Right. That because he's he's like blocking traffic, painting yes, in the lines. Yeah, and, and because he has like to that. repaint it because it's chaos. Yeah. Going from four lanes to two, and then yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and it's just a culmination of all these things leading up to this. And so there's, it, he's dragging what I think is like a sewing machine that's causing like all these sparks. Yeah. And I don't. Re- there's there's a big backstory to the sewing machine even yeah. being there, but I don't remember. I don't that remember either. But for a complete non sequitur reason, Newman is singing once, twice, three times a lady. And then all of a sudden it sparks and everything's on fire. He's like, ah, the humanity. Yeah, it's like the Hindenburg. Oh, the humanity. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. When I first saw that, died. Yeah. Died yeah. laughing. Died laughing. There was like, there was no reason for this, for, you know, yeah, yeah. this to happen. And it was just, it was all the absurdity of it that yep. made it just like a collect of uh, the the culmination, the collection of everything building up to this very climactic end. Because I think that, I think it rolled credits right after. Yeah, that. yeah, that was like the yeah, definitely. Um, so that's my number one. I do have some honorable mentions that I'll just mention very quickly here. Uh, <laughs> Buddy uh, on the airplane looking straight ahead and buggy the shit out of the lane. Yeah, she's like, I got some magazines and yeah. books for you. No. Yeah. You're just gonna look forward. Yeah. He's just he's just like I can't remember if he's like mouth breathing, but it's basically just like eyes straight ahead, no movement whatsoever. Yep, not just, doing anything, not listening yeah. to music. You just look forward. So that's, that's a great a, scene. And she breaks up with them because of it. Oh yeah. Well there are several reasons. Because it wasn't like a super long flight that they were on. Yeah, and they like that was the whole thing. Elaine and Putty always break up yeah, over yeah. anything. Um my other honorable mention is Believe it or not, George oh. isn't at home. Where could I be? And he's and he's, he's like climbing yeah. along with it. <laughs> it's just that was such a great. Do you, are you familiar with the original song? You know that's like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Believe yeah. it or not, I'm walking on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the classic lines in all of Seinfeld to me is, I believe it's the engagement episode, and. Uh, Jerry shows up at George's place. He's like, hey, we're going to go see uh, see the you know, action movie or whatever. And George's like, no, we're going to go see. And it was like the like the dramatic movie that he doesn't want to see. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like, okay. Um, all right. So I guess I'll see you later. And then like from the bedroom, you hear Susan goes, George, I recorded Mad About You. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's that was a popular show on NBC oh, at the yeah, time. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but could there have been at that period a, a show that was least desirable to watch for people who were watching Seinfeld? Right. Then mad about you. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I love that line. That's one of my favorite lines. Um, from the contest. Yes. Oh uh, uh, yeah. 
there is a great, great scene where George... Is this the contest? I think it is. It's the scene where George is with his parents at their house. Mm -hmm. And uh, and George's mom is furious with him for yanking it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you should do that for a job. You can bring in people. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can fill a stadium. Come, come all around to see you. Because yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the magazine? It was like... Uh, Good Housekeeping? Yeah, something like Red Book or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't think it was. It wasn't the contest, was it? Or was it? I think... I th if it wasn't the contest, it was like the episode right before it because that's what let... Oh, no, I think it was the contest because George is like, I'll tell you what, I'm never doing that again. And they're like, okay, come on. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's what leads to them yeah, doing Yeah, and they're the like, I can last longer than you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, okay. Elaine has to give <laughs> odds. Because, <laughs> because she's, she's a, a woman, woman. yeah. Um, and then uh, piggybacking off of your honorable mention of the, uh, the Hamptons... Man, is there never a more Jerry face or a Lane face when they have to look at the ugly baby? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that to me is so quintessential Jerry face where he's just eyed, bug-eyed and like, oh, just taking it back and like looking away. And... Uh, kind of going along that theme, one of my favorite Seinfeld faces is the Marble Rye episode. He steal like, again, a woman got the last <laughs> Marble Rye at the bakery. Yeah. And he, he's like, give me the, he's try, he tries to pay for it, I think, at first. Yeah. And ends up stealing it. He yeah. goes, give it to me, old bag. And he's running yeah, down yeah, with yeah. his bug eyes. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, very, the, very Jerry face. The thrill of stealing it. Yep. <clears throat> and then lastly, my honorable mention for Funniest Moments uh, in Seinfeld is where they're at some house party and there's the, uh, the marathon. Where they're watching the marathon. I had this listed as something to bring up. And, uh. And it's the woman in the window going... Well, hold on, yeah. hold on. Well, the setup to it. Do you know, like, George's line that precedes it? I forget. Okay, so I'll, I'll say George's part, okay. and you say the line. Because yeah. it, it, we're it's... I know the line you're going to say, and it's awesome, but it's even better in context. So basically, George go, George decides to wear a wedding ring. Oh, that's right. To, like, get women. And yeah. he, so he's at this party where, again, it's at the end of the New York City Marathon. And, uh, and he has this great connection with this woman... And she, I think she even says something like, it talks about how, like how great the sex would be. She's like, but you're married. Yeah. And he's trying to explain, no, I was doing this to get, a, you know, right, right, right. she's, she's not buying it. And so he's kind of recapping this to Seinfeld and he goes, he says, for I am Costanza, king of the idiots. <laughs> and then you hear the woman say, you're all winners. And so, so George had just said, I'm from Costanza, king of the idiots. You hear the woman go. You're all winners. And he goes, suddenly a new candidate. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Because it's just, she's doing it in, uh, in watching all the runners go by. Yeah, yeah. Yelling, You're all winners. Oh, fucking twats. <laughs> so, suddenly a new candidate. <laughs> so that, uh, that, that concludes my uh, top five and honorable mentions. I got some other quick hits to go through here. Um, one thing, so in the Chinese episode, George is always trying to get the phone. And... Uh, the he, restaurant? Yeah, the Chinese okay. restaurant. He keeps trying to get to the phone to call his girlfriend. And uh, and one guy, he again, somebody being dismissive, he just asks, he's like, how long are you going to be? Because I really have to make a call. And the guy just turns away from him. And so George walks away defeated and he goes, you know, we're living in a society. And he, he's, <laughs> he's said that multiple times. And that's another one that I, 
Either. Well, I didn't catch that. That's something that he says regularly. Yeah, well, I just noticed it today because I noted, I was wondering, I'm like, what? I wonder what episode he says that in. And he says it in the Chinese restaurant, but he said it in a different one, too. Um, Interesting. Uh, so that was always a great line. Um, this is something kind of a funny story where George is talking about he had to break up. Or no, he. Oh, no, this is the Chinese restaurant. This is So he's on bad terms with his girlfriend. And he's explaining to Jerry the reason why is because uh, he was fooling around with her for the first time. And he like he I don't remember exactly how he describes it, but he's basically saying he has to take a dump. And her bathroom is right next. He's like, it's right next to the bedroom. There's no privacy. And he's like, he's like, I, I can feel this intestinal grumbling. And he's like, and uh, I know this is going to have to take place before this can take place. Right, right, right. So he says to her while they're like fooling around, like, don't take this the wrong way, but I've just got to go. And so he left. And so his girlfriend's like, like what? left, left? Yeah, he left. Like, because he couldn't shit there. Because right, right, right. He was going to be like, Rhea is the assumption. <laughs> but so, so in high school, when I was dating Emily Recca, we had so funny. It just, because I, I was watching this episode today and it reminded me of this thing that actually happened. So we were at Premiere Video and we were going to rent. We we're just like looking for a movie to rent. Yeah. And I got hit with like a, I have to take a shit. It's going to be nasty, and I got to do it quick. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if they have. I'm sure they have an like employee bathroom, but I was. Yeah. I didn't even want to do that. I'm like, I just. I was like, just stay here. And I, I, I driven there, so I ran to my car, drove home. Holy shit! Took a like na- you live super close, but like, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like it was like uh, basically like I had this feeling, and it was like a 10 second survey of the situation. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to use it here. And even if I could, could be some barbaric noises. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I just, so I just run to my car, drive home, take a nasty shit, drive back. I, I think I'm, I'm getting probably depending on how, if this was like very early in the relationship, I probably wouldn't have said anything, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was probably later. So I probably did tell her. Um, <laughs> One of, so there's the and, other, and like the always the the best way to like avoid saying I had to take a nasty shit was like I was having some stomach problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> there. So do you remember the episode where uh, George his his passcode for his ATM is Bosco? Uh, vaguely remember that. Yeah. So he's he he's like basically talking about how funny like, that it's letters and not numbers. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so he. He's telling everybody how he'll never tell anyone. And Kramer is like, I bet I can guess it. And George is like, go ahead. And he's like, and Kramer's like, ooh, you're a poorly fellow. <laughs> and he's, he goes, he goes into the speech. I wish I, wish I had it up because it's really funny how it's yeah. worded. But he says something like, uh, but he's like, sure. You, he's like, no, yours is a sweet tooth. And he's like, but what do you, he's like, what do you like? Not licorice. No. You're, or he's like, you may try many variety of sweets, but you'll always return to your dark mistress, the cocoa bee. Any, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's just uh, uh, in. So it's at a certain point. Again, me and Eric Cox were huge fans of Seinfeld. Yeah. And like after this episode had been out a while, we were both in keyboarding class, keyboarding. and I had a thought because like we had to put in a password, and I'm like, Cox's password has to be Bosco. Yeah, 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 and it was so I got into all of his assignments, and I would like uh, you just had to like type, you know, type things, and then you'd send it to the teacher. For like accuracy or something, I think so. Yeah, and uh, and I would just always like hit hit return a ton of times so that he would never see it, but I'd type at the very bottom like 
I don't know. I don't think I would have done anything like, I'm gay, don't tell yeah, anyone. Yeah. But like messing with him along that. And I remember, <laughs> and then Cox is confiding to me about like, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> and I, I mean, I eventually, this is not breaking news. He, yeah. he does know what happened. Right. But I, um, and then just some like some funny lines I always like. So after Susan, well, for one thing, Susan dies at the end of, of season seven, yep. the engagement one. Um, and I just love uh, how callous they are. Like after they die, they're like, so should we go see a movie? Like they just got yeah, news yeah, that yeah. she died because George bought cheap envelopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should we go see a movie? Um, so then they set up a foundation in Susan's name. Yeah. And at a, in a certain episode, they want to find like a high school student to give a scholarship to. And George meets a high school student who reminds him of him. <laughs> and he like he even says he wants to be an architect like yeah, he stands always yeah and the uh, art vandalay yes yeah. The, yeah exactly uh and so Costanza's trying to make the case for this kid who reminds him of himself yeah to get the uh to get the be the recipient but he's not he's like he's not a great he's not a great student and so he's like he's got a C average right in that meaty part of the curve. <laughs> Not not falling behind, not showing off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the case to me. I forget. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, hey, speaking of so speaking of Susan, so I wish I could remember the premise. I'm I'm if I if I find the clip, I might send it to you so you can splice it in. Sure. But it's it's um it's Jason Alexander on I I'm ninety nine percent sure it's Howard Stern and Howard Stern asking about some. Some kind of kerfuffle that the... Like, the, this is Jason Alexander on Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, some kind of kerfuffle that happened with uh, with the woman who played Susan on mm-hmm. the show. Like, some, I can't remember if it was, like, a pay issue or some some kind of, like, tabloid thing or whatever. <clears throat> and, at, and so Howard Stern's asking Jason Alexander about it. And he's like, I just remember Jason's reaction to it was, like, that poor girl. That poor, poor girl. And like Was he joking or was he serious? No, he was dead serious. Huh. Yeah. And uh and feeling bad about whoever this was. And it's so funny hearing Jason Alexander refer to yeah. her as that poor girl. Story goes that she was killed off because you couldn't stand working with her. <laughs> now this poor girl. This is that true? <laughs> well, was there a different was there Okay, so I always have to I the preamble to this is Yes. The actress is is uh, this wonderful girl, Miss Swedberg, and okay. and she is, I love her. Yes, she's a terrific girl. I love her. Yeah, what was the problem? I couldn't figure out how to play off of her. Her her You're being instincts. Kind. No, her instincts for doing a scene where the comedy was and mine were always misfiring. You know. Yeah. After seeing. Those episodes, time and time again. Well, you know what's funny too. Jason Alexander, uh, Jason Alexander is like among even among. I mean, he, like he's only known as Costanza. He was in Dunstan Checks In. He had Pretty a, Woman. Pretty Woman. He had a, he had another sitcom that he was the star, star leading man in that went nowhere. After, was it at all? Oh, after Seinfeld. Okay. But he's like. I don't remember where I heard this, but he's like a classically trained actor, like yeah, yeah. Shakespearean, you know sure, what I mean, sure, like stuff sure. like that. And it's just funny to think of. Yeah, his his only uh, the only thing he's really known for is George Costanza. Yeah, um, the episode "The Little Kicks" where Elaine does the dance. Yeah, um, in that one, I don't even remember why. Oh, because Elaine tells her coworker to steer clear of George, and she so she the coworker thinks George is a bad boy, and. <laughs> and uh, 
So George so plays it up. George right? leans into the bad boy image where he's got the Yankees jacket. He he's like, he, I think he borrows his dad's car, which is like a vintage muscle muscle car, and he's leaning against the um, <laughs> he's leaning against the car, and she's like, you know, Elaine told me not to have anything to do with you, and he's, he goes, no one's putting a gun to your head, and uh, and then he asks her, he goes, do I scare you? <laughs> do I scare you? And she's like, no, well, a little. And uh, he's like, she's a like, cool car, and he goes. Yeah, she's a sweet ride. And the woman goes, are those your orthopedic pillows in the back? And, he, and he, <laughs> yeah. he, he's still trying to be the cool guy. And he goes, maybe. And she goes, well, are they or aren't they? And he's like, no, no. no. <laughs> um, one, so uh, I, I just love the concept of the summer of George. Where yeah. he's So it's funny because a former coworker of mine, she had like texted. I think I must have told her that I was like, I've got like two weeks off coming up yeah. a while ago or something. And she like, she texted me yesterday to be like, are you, uh, uh, are you during, are you like off work now? And I was like, no, after it was still during the work day. I started, but yeah. nope, after today. And I said, I'm like the winter of Jeremy's going to begin. And, uh-huh. and I was like, kind of like, will she get the reference? And yeah. she was like, winter of Jeremy. I'm like, no, it's a Seinfeld uh-huh. reference. Summer of George. Yeah. And I lost respect for her. Um, <laughs> season nine, the butter shave, where Kramer starts sh- using butter. Oh, yeah. And uh, Newman ends up picturing... Uh, Kramer as a turkey. Yeah, it's yeah. just got Kramer's head on the turkey. And then the best line from Kramer to anybody. Yeah, yeah, he waves a wing. Yeah. Uh, but that's also <laughs> the episode where... Um, I don't remember how it happens, but... Uh, George is working at like play it again sports. And they, for some reason they think that he's injured. Like that he's handicapped. Okay. And so there's a great montage of him at work uh, where it plays my baby takes the morning train. And yeah. he's like, he's going up the stairs in one of those assisted chairs. Oh, right. Like right, in right, gremlins, right, right. you know? Yeah. So that's one scene. Uh, then it shows a woman carrying him down the hallway. <laughs> Then it shows him uh, like sword. He has a, he has a cane and he's like sword fighting in the yeah, office. Yeah. And his door is open and somebody comes in and he like turns into pretending he's like oh my knee and he yeah, yeah, falls yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. And then uh, he's there's another thing where he's like there, he's in the entryway of a door talking to a few coworkers and a, a fourth coworker is like walking by him and he trips him with the cane. Yeah, and everybody starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm pretty sure there's an episode where Kramer works at. George's office, maybe. He works somewhere where he's not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got, like, a briefcase of crackers. Yeah. And I think they play the same song. And Because there's, there's a montage in that one, too. Of yeah, him. of yeah. him. Yeah. My baby takes the entry. Um, another great one where uh, Seinfeld is being investigated for mail fraud. It's the same episode where George is doing the board boudoir photos. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. But, uh... Uh, the scene where so Newman ends up interrogating Jerry about there's a picture of him like with a screwdriver next to his stereo and I, there's something about like he's Jerry's trying to get money back right. so Newman has to investigate him and he's got like the the high watt lamp oh, right. but it's over Newman and yeah. Jerry's got like a mug root beer and he's yeah. like a little hot under these lights isn't it Seinfeld and, he, and Jerry's like taking a drink of the root beer and he goes I'm quite comfortable actually. <laughs> Um, yeah. The strike, Festivus feats of strength, obviously. Yeah. Um, but be- the best line from Festivus, though, is the whole story is that Frank came up with it when he would try to get a toy and somebody grabbed it, the last one before him. And he's yeah. like, as I was raining blows down upon this man's head, I thought, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> uh, I, I do I do love in that episode, though, where like 
Jerry Stiller is going off on some tangent. He goes, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he says, because uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kroger, yeah. George's boss is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, because I, I caught part of this line today. He says something like, you couldn't, he's like, you couldn't iron your pants if you had a hot date with a babe. Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a great line. One. Th- I'm going to spend a little time on this episode just because it's fucking hilarious. The dealership where Jerry's talking with Putty and he's getting the – because Putty is with Elaine, he's getting the discount. George is there to provide moral support and make sure Jerry doesn't get ripped off on rust proofing and stuff. But the the main reason it's here is the great storyline of George. George is hungry and they keep putting out donuts, but he keeps seeing the person who gets the last donut. So he's trying to get a Twix bar. And he asks Jerry for money. Jerry gives him a dollar, but the vending machine keeps rejecting it. And uh, great line where Jerry's uh, – so so George explains to him that the machine's not taking a dollar. And Jerry says, well, let me have my dollar back. And George goes, it's wrinkled. It's worthless. Uh, and so eventually he, he finds enough loose change, uh, hits the button for the Twix, and it does the thing where it pushes forward but doesn't fall completely. As George goes to round up another dollar – he comes back and there's no Twix there, and he sees a mechanic has been eating it, um, and so he confronts the mechanic and he's like, he says, "You just ate two Twix worth, uh, and you only paid for one, and you think that's fair?" And the guy's like, "It actually was a Clark bar," and uh, George goes, "No," he said, "Because I can see you got a little left on your chin. That's clear. That's a cookie." And everybody knows Twix is the only candy bar, candy bar with the cookie crunch. <laughs> and the guy's like dismisses them. So George goes to complain to uh, uh, like a customer service guy there or something. And uh, he says again, we all know Twix is the only candy bar with the, with the cookie crunch. And the customer service guy goes, maybe it was nougat. And Costanza goes, please, I think I'm, I'm at a point in my life, or I've reached a point in my life where I can tell the difference between nougat and cookie. Um... <laughs> And so then there's also people kind of milling about other customers. And uh, uh, the guy goes, are you positive? And Sanders just goes, please. Like, <laughs> he's offended. And then uh, another guy asks, he's like, what's the one where they show the swirling chocolate in the commercials? And Sanders like, they all do that. And then there's like, so there's, just a, <laughs> there's an old guy in there. And he just chimes in. He goes, not Skittles. <laughs> uh, then, so he ends up making... He find, somehow, unexplained, he, he makes a candy bar lineup where he's going to make the mechanic taste test and see if he can tell the difference between Twix and Clark Bar. And uh, as he's, he's got it set up, he's about to bring them in. He walks in the room and everyone there is already eating the Twix bars. Um, and uh, he's like, he says something to one of the people like, oh, and you're eating a Twix. And he's like, how do you know this was a Twix? And he goes, they're all Twix. It was a setup. <laughs> That's, That's the, the best, best part, part of the episode. Yeah. Uh, another great episode where um, Jerry, it's called The Maid. Jerry ends up sleeping with his maid, and then she stops cleaning. And so he's like, what am I paying her for? The sex <laughs> or the, the not cleaning? And that's also the same episode where Costanza wants to be called T-Bone. Oh, yeah. He's like, order, when they were taking lunch orders, he's like, he orders a T-Bone. He's like, so you all can call me T-Bone. Somebody else gets the nickname T-Bone. George angrily confronts him with a banana. He, he, he's carrying a banana, but he angrily confronts him. And his boss, Kroger, again, I think, sees George gesticulating yeah, wildly. Coco the monkey. And he, so he calls him Coco the monkey, yeah. uh, which is a great line. Uh, 
which was a, a temporary nickname that I had in high school for, for a bit. Do you remember that? Oh, I do kind of remember that. Because uh, it was when I played indoor soccer. That's what I remember. It. And uh, who, I think it was like Aaron Collins gave it to me, maybe. <laughs> Probably the coolest thing she's ever done. <laughs> um, oh, and also the uh, that same episode, The Maid, has one, one of my favorite Kramer lines of all time. He... I don't remember how, but he ends up getting lost in New York City. And well, so there's a scene where uh, um, Seinfeld, again, he kind of feels like he's hired a prostitute because he's paying his maid and she's not cleaning. Yeah. And he, so he eventually, she asks for him to pay him one day and he refuses because she didn't clean anything. And she's like, my boss is going to kill me. And so he goes, uh, Seinfeld goes to meet him and it's like, it's a parody of a pimp. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, he's like, if you don't get that money, I'm going to cut you loose or, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. So then Kramer, some, there's, I don't, again, he I'm, manifests some kind of garb yeah. to emulate a, a pimp. But before that, he's lost and like scared in New York City and he's calling Seinfeld from a payphone, and he's, Jerry's like, fine, I'll pick you up. He's like, where are you? And he's like, he's looking and he's like, I'm at the corner of first. And first, he goes, how could the same street intersect itself? I must be at the nexus of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Um, and then, uh, oh, just one other kind of note. One thing interesting, um, or not even interesting, just impressive, I guess. It's funny because, let's okay, let's say it's 1990. I'm guessing Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, you know, at best, late 20s, possibly 30 uh, when the series starts. Yeah. Um, you know, good looking woman, but she gets hotter. She gets hotter throughout the show. Like, like way hotter. And I bring up like that she's 28, like let, let's say best case scenario, she's 28 when it started. Yeah. That's, it's not like that's going from 18 to 28. She's no. going from 18 to like mid thirties yeah. and she gets much hotter. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she just, she was just on Veep not too long yeah. ago. And yeah. I mean, Granted, at the end of Seinfeld, she was definitely more attractive than she was then, but still yeah. a very good-looking woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good on her. <laughs> um, Deep up appearances. That's right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We are. Oh, we are officially over two hours. This is obviously the longest pod. Yes. Um, oh, one other. Just. I'm not even gonna get into that. There was a stupid story. Oh, I guess I gotta say it now. There was an episode with Poppy. Where it's the one where Poppy like pees on the couch and he ends up going to like a hospital. And I remember me and Nate Moe, this is how much we watched Seinfeld. We got into an argument. Kramer at one point is like trying to guilt Jerry into going to visit Poppy in the hospital. And he's yeah. like, he, he says to him, like, it would be nice if you got him something. And I don't even remember when he knocks on the table. And me and Nate had like not an argument, but like we both had thoughts about how many times Kramer knocked. We had like <laughs> I, again. I don't remember who was in what camp, but uh, yeah. But that is the 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 level. We wrap it up because yeah. we're going to insert some clips. I know. Too, that yeah. is the level of seriousness with which we approach Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, probably in a certain way. I mean, it's kind of hard to compare all different types of shows, but certainly my favorite comedy show of all time. Um, and prop there's definitely not another show I will ever have spent more time watching just by virtue of the fact that I always watched it on those videos, fell asleep to it, yeah. watched it in syndicate for years. It would oh, be like, Oh, it's just like, it that's more the bulk of my watching was yeah. syndication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as you said, we should probably wrap it up, but we can't do so without making it official. Um, 
Oh wait, we don't. What do we, we just say? Pods of thunder, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I will. Yeah. Again, we don't have a um another idea yeah. for the next episode, but we'll we we're, we're gonna play with around with a few other ideas that we have. We may continue with this uh kind of top five episodes, top five scenes of a of a show. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Yep. And maybe it'll be uh, two weeks from now. Maybe it'll be four months from now. <laughs> Uh, but having said that, I'm stuck. That's a thunder.